Hello and welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rockley Podcast. Um, this week we're going to do stuff a little bit differently. Um, we do have a very special guest in Silentico coming in, um, but I just wanted to get through the announcements beforehand and kind of you know link the two audio files together. Um, just just so uh, you know, Silentico doesn't have to sit through me uh, talking to myself. Um, so <clears throat> I guess uh, the big things I kind of want to announce right off the top of the show um, is. We have two new patrons um, in Cloud9 and ED. I'm going to go with ED for now until um, he gives me the uh, the name he'd like to be called. Um, those are just his initials. So um, with that, I'd, I'd also like to announce that we have changed the name um, of the tip chart to the Patreon Welcome Squad because uh, I think it's appropriate. Um, so in the Patreon Welcome Squad, we got Cursor, Cloud9, ED, King Knight TK, Goble Mason, Mike, Mr. C., Mife, Pawn, Poor Judgment, and Shorzy. And then the combatties tier, we got Arok, Big Hoke, uh, Kite, and your boy Hunty. All of you, thank you so much for your support. Um, we're trying to use a lot of what you give us to kind of put back in the podcast. Um, and this, in you know, uh, bringing on Dave and other kind of stuff like that. Um, so uh, thank you so much. Um, another big thing is that we will have our Patreon I guess new tiers coming in in January. They won't be up until January. Um, uh, just to avoid, uh, I guess, having you double charged for it. Um, the Patreon Welcome Squad, that $5 tier is going to stay the same. So that one won't leave. Um, but the Combatties tier will disappear and I, I will be making it disappear um, December 26th. Um, and so essentially you'll have to re-sign up for the new tiers that become available. We'll have more of that in the next episode um except for that uh i'd like to thank you all for your support and if you want us to keep growing and uh keep helping us uh the patreon is a good way to do it um but also um you know retweeting us whenever we post an episode uh, or just telling your friends about it that always helps us out uh so with that without further ado please welcome my amazing guest this week silent echo and we are live. Uh, welcome back to the ASAP Weekly Rock League Podcast. Um, we have a very special guest on today, Silent Echo. Would you like to introduce yourself a little bit? Hi, I'm Silent Echo, and I'm an alcohol, I mean Rocket League player. <laughs> That's great. Uh, That's I'm great. in Bathurst, from the UK, live in Germany, coached Ghost for two years, did some casting before that, been around Rocket League. Yeah, not, 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 not the bad. The longest eh? time, no. <laughs> not bad. Um, yeah, that, that, it's also really cool. Are you one of the longest coaches, I guess, like to uh, technically speaking, only Jazzo has been attached to a team for longer than I have been. Okay, yeah. So there you so, go. Yeah. And I, I know you are you are looking for uh, some kind of coaching. So RL RS teams, RL CS teams, probably more likely. Uh, hit him up. <laughs> I don't yeah, know I mean uh, RLCS teams. If you want to get on the phone, then that's great. Um, I would love to to coach yeah. any of you. But and, um, realistically speaking, at the moment, I'm kind of, uh, you know, I did co- I did RLCS coaching for two years already. Yep. So, <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like, I've, I've just been so locked in, you know, before mm. I was coaching Ghost, I was very involved with a lot of community level stuff, involved with all the community tournament orgs, started one of them, um, you know, was there for, for a long time with like Shift Pro League, you know, doing Rocket Royals with RLC and all this kind of stuff. And and then I started coaching Ghost and, you know, my my focus went from being like, you know, the complete competitive scene to eight teams, sometimes <laughs> 16. 
<laughs> and that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I just lasered in on that, and I I lost a lot of the um, you know people move on and people change. So it's been a really interesting couple of months since I stopped coaching Ghost Rider. I'm sort of rebuilding connections, reaching out to to who the the new kids on the block the are, the finding block, out. Yeah, yeah well, this is it, right? It's like yeah. I spent two years not involved, and that's half of the time that Rocket League's been around. That's that's crazy to think about, because um, those are the. Or for me, it's only been what it, it it's uh we we just had our one year anniversary, so that means <laughs> we spent yeah you we we weren't even on the scene before you uh <laughs> before you stopped being part of the community, which is crazy to think about. Um, yeah, well, I, I, I mean, I went to RLCS Amsterdam on the back of crowdfunding. That that is amazing. So uh, yeah, yeah, it was crazy. It changed my life, and everything that happened from that point is kind of all. I mean, even the fact that I live in Germany now is all because of this one random guy gave me a hundred pounds. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, yeah. I just, so, you yeah. know, guy whose name I you certainly can't remember because I'm just the worst. <laughs> and, and it's also like, you know, because I live in Germany now, I had to open a new PayPal account because that's a weird legal oh, financial yes, yes, law thing. So so it's on my other PayPal account. And, I, you know, I could log into it right now, I guess, and, and see what the guy's name is. I feel bad because I don't remember it. But thank you. Uh, random thank guy you. We thank i, I you mean i well. never spoke to him i had no <laughs> idea who he was he came out of nowhere gave me a hundred pounds disappeared off into the night again and i sent him like a twitch clip of like me reacting to that paypal <laughs> notification coming up on my phone i was on stream streaming the, the crowdfunding thing he hadn't he didn't even know i was streaming he hadn't even logged in <laughs> to the stream well, he just amazing. sent some money to a link that shift pro league tweeted out and that was kind of crazy that that is that is amazing and i, I yeah. think uh compared to the two years ago i think the everything has kind of evolved uh in many ways because i've seen a lot of faces leave and then a lot of uh, new faces kind of start to rise up um mm -hmm. i think this most recent rlcs was the most viewed one we've ever had um yeah two hundred and seventy thousand, i think uh i believe around what we slasher, got for the grand finals slasher bordelow uh uh did say two hundred eighty thousand was the uh I mean, he's probably people. rounding up. I always round down, personally, you know. Um, regardless. I like to be on the conservative side. Yeah, yeah know, that's, that, that's that British downplaying. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's it. You know, I spent some time as a journalist uh, doing esports business stuff. Uh, I mean, I get it. You know, we want to promote the industry and everything, but I always tend to be late. Listen, as long as we're not the WWE, we should be fine. <laughs> Well, as long as we're still, you know, as long as we don't remove all of those duplicate accounts that are watching for awards, then... <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I will say though, I, I am happy that Rocket League seems to have a very slow and steady growth. I think that's a lot mm -hmm. healthier than, um, I think we talked about this last week on the podcast where, uh, the Overwatch League, for instance, just dumped tons and tons and tons and tons of money. It doesn't look like it's ever going to grow past to where it is right now. Um, well, which is, I mean, I my mean, point is it, it seemed, yeah. it seemed everyone was a little too optimistic as to how big it can get. And maybe, maybe I actually disagree. Oh, you think so? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of, um, I actually was reporting on when the Overwatch spots were first being like theorized about for the okay. Overwatch League. Um, I wrote some articles for the Esports Observer and uh, really spent a lot of time looking into what everybody thought about it, looking at all the boom-bust predictions, looking at what the bull case was that uh, I think Morgan Stanley put out at the time. I think they actually just put out like an updated version of that as well with like the current context. Okay. Um the thing that people always miss about the Overwatch League is that it's a vanity product for the people who own those spots. Yes. <laughs> that, so that, that's we're talking fair. about we're, we're talking about um, 
I've forgotten his name, which is totally fine. The guy who runs Activision, what is his name? Man, that's that's completely slipped my mind. I normally have that ready to go. Um, he uh, was going around NFL owners and that kind of thing. And, you know, like the the average um, value of an NFL franchise spot is about $6 billion, anywhere between like 3 and $6 billion, mm-hmm. right? And you've got this guy showing up um from activision going hey we've got this new video game it's what all the kids are into you've got a shrinking you know under 30s demographic watching and obviously you know all your fans are going to die at some point so hey (laughs) why don't you spend 20 mil right now to sign here (laughs) <laughs> and it's like 20 mil like, these guys lose that down the back of the sofa like that my brother's is true, an auditor yeah. for Deloitte he writes mm-hmm. off larger amounts than that just on people's tax returns for, <laughs> for corporates you know yeah yeah it's like that's just money that doesn't need to be accounted for because it's such a small percentage of the overall thing that's happening that is fair. Um, I think that's really fair to say yeah but the problem is is that it's super unfair to the endemic orgs you know like overwatch actually <laughs> yeah. had a really good grassroots scene um even in even in the beta like they had like really good co- uh, you know we had quality tournaments coming in we had like apex I yeah that was time cloud nine was, was actually good so ogn and stuff and um you had all these and, and then there was the um, the thing that wave hosted the uh was it the winter cup i mm-hmm. think that might have also been apex actually but but you know there was all this um yeah. this fun stuff happening and lots of people were involved with it and there was um, a lot of people going oh you know like they're asking for way too much money for these spots and i'm like they're not asking for enough are you kidding i could sell these at double that price to the kind of people they're marketing them to are you kidding like that, yeah <laughs> i spent yeah, some time fair. in sales but mm-hmm. but yeah i mean it's in, in terms of like the people who are investing in it and stuff like they've got 10 years to recoup that investment before they just don't care you know what you're right i i just think my biggest thing is like i don't think you can force money to get fans um in the sense that from a viewership perspective uh well okay disney's a little different but i i think overwatch if you're playing overwatch you'll be watching overwatch um but i don't think it has that crossover appeal that some other esports games have Um, i mean maybe maybe not i mean i never played starcraft but i watch a lot of it that is fair but i also i would it's funny that you mentioned StarCraft because it's a drinking game where anytime I mention StarCraft, uh, people who listen to our podcast like to joke that that's when they take a drink. Um, so it's good that you brought it up. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, you know, I, I will say, I think, yeah, maybe maybe I'm just, you know, not giving Overwatch enough time. Maybe that's a reality. Um, speaking of Blizzard games, this is actually a good kind of transition into what I want to talk about because um, I believe you said uh, on Tom's podcast that you were from Hearthstone. Um, uh, I mean, ways. I played a lot of it. I don't know whether I would say I was from Hearthstone. Oh, okay, seems, uh... but you took you took a lot of, I guess, what you learned from it, or kind of applied it to Rocket League in some ways, um, or your kind of like percentage chance kind of analogies that you were making. I yeah, I mean, that was uh, Hearthstone was a, an easy touchstone to draw from for mm-hmm. that. I mean, I've been playing games for a long time. I mean, I'm a heavy munchkin, you know, like it's all about <laughs> the min max for me, except it's not. I can't do stuff like ARPGs and things like yeah. it, Like, I, I want a min max. I hate busy work. Man, <laughs> it annoys me. Like yeah. if you've got if you've got a meaningful gameplay loop, like threes, simple little app on your phone. Don't know whether you've played it. It, it was really big for a little while mm-hmm. in terms of like, you know, sitting in top tens for ages. Um it's a it's a number game where you have like a, a four by four grid and you slide little number tiles and one and twos combine into threes and then three and three combines into six and six and six combines mm-hmm. into 12 and the idea is to not run out of things you can do right okay super super simple loop i've been playing that game for like six years now <laughs> <laughs> that's fair and so 
like if the loop is interesting to me, I'll put a lot of time into it. And that was what mm. I found with Hearthstone was the loop was really interesting and it was hitting this same bite size feel that I get from Rocket League as well, where I'm like, I'm investing 10 minutes, you know, it's just so easy to have another one. I'll just slip another one in. Oh, you know, I should be going to bed. I got work in the morning, but I can always fit another game of Hearthstone in. And then it's like <laughs> four in the morning and you got to get up in two hours and you're like, what yeah. am I doing with my life? Um, um I was I, but, I brought Hearthstone because that was a game that I yeah. I had hit um, top three hundred North American ladder at least. In. Oh, nice. Um, so to me, it was really interesting when? trying to 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 kind of force that analogy into Rock League. And I, I got to ask when that was. When was it? Um, yeah, come on, give me give me some expansions. When 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 did you do? That? Don't tell me it was Nax and Face Hunter or Undertaker or something because I'm just not going to be as impressed. Uh, well, I've hit Legend at least three or four times over oh, the okay. last three yeah. years, so that's not. <laughs> whenever i feel like doing it i can do it so it's not i Decent. guess crazy yeah I, I will say i have stopped playing the game last three months so it would have been i stopped playing the game the day after they had an earnings call where they <laughs> announced a bunch of redundancies and also the biggest profits the company had ever made and they announced yeah okay uh, same call yeah same call yeah yeah all right Sorry. well I mean, yeah, I, I haven't touched a Blizzard to product since then. It's been tough. It's been really hard, man. I'm not even. I might have bought like the the solo adventure thing that came out recently. I don't know what that was. I might have put fifteen dollars into that. Other other than that, man, I just cut myself off cold turkey. It was really hard. It was. It was. Um. Uh. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. My point being. Uh, Sorry. Yeah. Hearthstone and Rocket League, because this is a Rocket League podcast, technically. Um, although I'm sure we could talk about Blizzard games for the next hour. I mean, I can uh, analogize every single Blizzard game <laughs> to Rocket League in some way, if you like. Uh, no, I think my point was is more. Uh, what I found interesting was the um, the kind of the percentage chance analysis of what I've got. Like in card games, I feel like that's so obvious to me. But in Rocket League, mm -hmm. sometimes maybe maybe it's just you know mechanically or um, like I'm a champ one player, right? Like I'm not by any. I'm l listen. I have the very bare bone basics down, right? Um, mm -hmm. And I think sometimes like this idea of going into 50-50 and knowing exactly what the outcome you want or what's the best, like the safest play is not something that in-game I'm able to quite do as effectively as I'm sure a lot of pro players can do. I mean, um, to be fair, most of the pro players can't do it in my experience. <laughs> well, that, that is a very fair statement. Um, uh, we, we've got a lot of people that are very quick at uh, reacting and very quick at improvising. There's a lot of what I call uh, presence of mind. Mm -hmm. you know it's it's the situation has changed faster than i was anticipating it to do so and i'm reacting to that quicker than my opponent you know i talked about it on uh on tom's podcast a little bit but uh you know that it's um capitalizing on unexpected scenarios is literally the best thing you can be good at in rocket league because there's always unexpected scenarios and, and so i guess i guess so people a lot of times i guess people's ability to improvise is something that's weighed far heavier than like their strategic depth and knowledge of the game <laughs> oh in my mind absolutely yeah. are you kidding yeah the game's so fast and if, if you're even one percent faster than the next guy you're gonna be in the top one percent of the game like it's it's as simple as that i'm not even that good at the game i'm just good at understanding what people think they can do in a situation mm -hmm. uh, which isn't the same as what they can actually do in a situation but you know, you can. It's a lot more efficient to think about what they think they can do rather than what they can actually do, which is usually way more things. Right? <laughs> when you're approaching a ball, how often do you have more than one thing that you're thinking about doing with that ball? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm at like max too. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> like whenever, whenever I'm yeah, like, <laughs> you're approaching a ball, and it, it, it's either like blank blankness or monkey crushing symbols, or you have <laughs> one thing in mind. And then when that thing doesn't work properly, you're like, ah, oh, this is the next thing. <laughs> and this is how ball chasing happens, right? <laughs> so, but um, uh, if you can get inside the head of your opponent and what they're going to do next, you don't have to be that good. You can just be in the right place. But that is true. Actually, speaking of that, I was watching uh, Cole from the Subfire podcast uh, stream not too mm-hmm. uh, long ago. And it's so fun watching him because, like, like I, I, I've seen Diamond players with better mechanics than him. But he's in just GC, like just kind of slowly waddling to the perfect position and mm-hmm. just playing this very safe and centered game that like works and gets him into GC. Um, yeah, that, that's <laughs> that's how I get into GC. <laughs> and, and and so it it's so interesting because I think I think one thing that stood out is you. Um, I don't know if you were the one who said that people overvalue mechanics in a lot of sense, especially as they're trying to like in the beginning. Um this, I yeah, if, I mean, it's mm. it's an automatic thing, right? Mechanics are how you feel cool generally. You generally <laughs> don't feel cool because you outthought your opponent. Because when you outthink your opponent, it's usually a really boring goal. The, the, yeah, the the like the the um, the very slow methodical, or I guess not slow, but methodical kind of approach doesn't uh, stand out as much. But um, I just think it's interesting because compared to, I guess uh, I, I'm pretty sure Verge was the one who was saying that he. He thinks, in some sense, like learning those mechanics from an early stage is better. So I I don't know how. It's it's almost like I feel like I should start playing the game as if like I'm practicing as if I need to learn GC mechanics, but then playing as if I'm in the rank I'm actually in. So I mean, <laughs> the thing the with Rocket League, right, yeah. is it's generally a binary choice. You're either playing to have fun or you're playing to improve. Mm-hmm. And if you can make those the same thing, that's when it starts getting really easy to get better at the game. Because the if the fun for you yeah. is is the improving, then then it becomes, uh, you know, like for starters, you're just in a way better mental relationship with the game. <laughs> a lot of people get depressed. A lot of people get mad. Oh man, who was it that I saw tweeted? Uh, I think Rolo tweeted recently saying um, he's like a guy who hangs around in a lot of Twitch screen, streams. Uh, Rolo Johnson. Um, he tweeted recently that the, that he had uh, screaming and banging from an apartment down his hall, so he called the cops. Right, because it was that bad. He thought somebody was like getting seriously hurt, and then he hears this guy trying to explain what Rocket League is to the cops. <laughs> okay, oh and my that's goodness. the kind of relationship that a lot of people have with the game, and I see it all the time. You know, that's what mm-hmm. that's where toxicity comes from. Essentially, is dissatisfaction with the experience you're having. There's never a reason to be toxic. If you're not dissatisfied in some way with the experience you're having, because why would 100%. you be? Why would you want to make that experience worse by being toxic? I mean, for some people, I guess they get a kick out of it, you know, like the the pro troll thing. But ultimately, I think that that's always coming from a position where they're dissatisfied with something, right? Because they they've then decided to make the game about something else to distract them from that that lack of uh, contentment that they have with whatever's going on, and. If you can improve your mental relationship with the game, you're going to have more fun. You're going to be less depressed about it. It's going to be easier to improve. Oh, 100%. And uh, if you make improving the goal, well, you can learn way more from a loss than you can from a win. Wow. New, new, new. I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure people haven't thought of that one before. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure people have. But thinking about it and actually doing it, two that very different true. things. That, you know what? I think that not enough of that. 
We need more. We more doing less thinking about it. Um, no GG, no skill, as uh, White Raw used to say. Mm, yeah, um, I mean, I got I <laughs> beat a guy in ones uh, literally yesterday. Yeah. Um, it was a pretty close game. I was messing around for the first two and a half minutes because that's kind of my thing now. Like I play I play ones when I don't feel other people can rely on me, and I mess around for the first half of the game, and then like I'm usually a couple of goals down and under pressure, so then I just try <laughs> to play like the most conservative and effective efficient play style that i can where i'm just like super fast i always have all the boost i'm taking the ball off the guy in the midfield every time he's either handing it to me because he doesn't have enough boost or he's taking shots that are that then i then just go score breakaway 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 and that happens and it's like a 5-4 and finish line in <laughs> overtime or whatever and the guy's like honestly i don't know how you're in this rank <laughs> and i'm like okay cool <laughs> he's like you've got no offense you're brain dead you just don't i'm like Hmm. This like, guy didn't notice that I went from playing one way to an entirely different way <laughs> at about the halfway mark in the game. <laughs> um, and that, but the thing is, right? It's like that's in a ones game. Yeah, yeah. How annoyed do you have to be with the outcome of a match to type that in a ones match? You know what, though, I I don't mind that. I just lost to you, but you shouldn't be in this rank. <laughs> um. To me, it brings me back to the my one v one days of, of StarCraft. Yeah. But but uh, because I th this is another thing because it's a team's games. I think it's a lot worse getting toxicity from your teammates than it is oh, getting yeah, from absolutely. your opponent. And so whenever an opponent gets mad at me, I laugh. I laugh at this point because like I've spent seven years dealing with that already. You know what I mean? Like I've <laughs> I I know what that feels like. And the uh, the teammates' toxicity is the thing that I mean. It doesn't, I, I think rarely, like, no, it doesn't ever work, the toxicity towards your teammates. Because I think there's some people that have this theory that, like, sometimes you can, I don't I think. Oh, like it's going to make them play better, man. Like, they just need a... to know that you're dissatisfied, <laughs> and then they're going to be the best player you've ever seen. And they're not just going to be like, wow, what a dick. I guess in three minutes, I get to play with new people that aren't a dick. And until then, <laughs> hello, troll. Um, I think one in a hundred games, I've seen someone go, like, step like you know what i mean like like challenge someone a little bit mm -hmm. and it kind of worked and that but that really like the chances of that mentality working i feel is just so slim that the you know, speaking of percentage chance if you if you want your teammates to play better it's not going to be through forcing them in that moment especially if, if you want your teammates <laughs> to play better positive chat always positive chat um there's an old youtube video about like pe someone getting good at league of legends and he's like listen all you gotta do is just send compliments to your teammates the whole time that's how you rank up <laughs> Just... Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. Like, th so the, here's the thing, right? It's like when people feel good, they tend to be more effective. And if you distract them by being negative or toxic or whatever, then they're thinking about that and not about the game, in which case, like, it's a waste of everybody's time. You might as well forfeit. I pretty much always take early forfeits, by the way, just because if my teammate doesn't want to be there, then I, I don't care. I know <laughs> that we can come back from that. It's... I have a th I've been playing the game for 6,000 hours. I have a th probably tens of thousands of replays where there was like a close comeback of some kind, right? Mm -hmm. But there's no point. If my teammate isn't enjoying playing with me and he's voted to forfeit, sure, I'll forfeit. This I'm just going to go into the next game. I don't care about that game. It's like the grind to legend in Hearthstone. You just play as many games as you can. Like You don't need to win 75% of them. You just need to win 55 and play a bunch. Yeah, and that's why uh, when you... <laughs> Uh, you know, that's why you make sure Pirate Wars are a thing the first time you hit Legend. What? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Dude.
There's there's a point. Hi, Warrior. That was the first time you hit Legend. That was the first time after after I started hitting it with real decks, but the first time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Hi, Warrior was a real deck. It just didn't take a lot of brain to play. To to be fair, because only Pirate Warrior was the thing that was left like against me at that point. Mm -hmm. I had like a ninety percent win rate in that matchup, so it was something ridiculous. Like I fifty games and I won forty five of them, or something. It was yeah. It was uh, yeah. I had that with Big Priest for a while and around that time as well i think um with the uh um the freed from amber and everything when that was uh, around i actually ended up in a in a compilation video right off the dog <laughs> so now first of all like that's not an that's not a flattering place to put me like putting me after the best looking professional player in hearthstone like no thank you please you're gonna put please. me in your funny compilation like <laughs> put me in between disguised toast and like chan man please like so, no, that's it, that's where we want to be or, 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 you know, like, after Crip. After Crip would be great for me because everybody's going to be annoyed that he was salty and they see my cool little thing and it's, like, great. But the, the, uh, the thing that annoyed me the most about that clip, right, is that the guy who put that clip in knew that he was putting it in and made that clip look worse. And I, <laughs> I'm never going to get over that because not only is it dog to my ugly mug, but it's also... Like, you know, this great play from Dog, and I'm pretty sure he's, like, talking about it and stuff, and then it just, and then the music, like, fades up, and my thing goes down, because, you know, I was listening to stuff that you can't put on YouTube or whatnot yeah. while I was playing Hearthstone, right? <laughs> so I called that I needed a Tyrion out of a free from Amber, and I needed to find the freed from Amber with, like, the the nine mana five four guy that casts the spell that costs eight or more or whatever so it was like this crazy chain of things and it all came off perfectly and i won the game that nice. i sat there going on twitch going yeah the only way i win this is if this 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 happens which is like you know this percentage then once that percentage has happened this percentage yeah, I mean, and it all came off and i was like <laughs> perfect hey i like to say uh, that about uh yeah. you know 10, 10 of our listeners know uh, know what we're talking about at this point, but I'm happy. I mean, it. that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I tangent a lot, so no, I don't good. know whether it's you good. noticed in, in Tom's thing. Oh, I'm but... sure. I'm sure. There's so many topics hitting you, like, you know, one after another, but um, I think it's good. Okay, here's here's my next topic that we're going to go into. Okay. Um, and this one's, okay, this is the last one where we're bouncing off Tom, okay? Uh, mm-hmm. Free play practice. Um, yep. So uh, when, you asked, when you asked Tom about free play practice, he was talking about, like, basketball and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, are you? I think I think there's a place for free play practice, even non-intentional free play practice. Um, but I think it's probably not as prevalent as every pro has made it out to be. I think that's my final statement on it. I don't think I would completely get rid of it. And the reason for this is uh, I'm a you know I was a pretty high level soccer player. I mean as high a level as you can be in Canada. Um, mm-hmm. But so like yeah sure yeah yeah exactly. I'm thinking uh, like my 14 year old team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, we have some semi whatever. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it's yeah. what it is. Um, but my my point is, I think there's some place to where you're just running around with the ball and not thinking about what what necessarily you're doing, or like stay within this box and dribble the ball. Well, I guess that's mm-hmm. more focused. But I I think there's something. Like I think there's a lot of pro players that will say like you know go into free play for an hour, and just do yeah. that and that will make you better. Um, yeah, but and I, I say that those guys are wrong. And I say you're right, but I also think maybe maybe when you're starting out, it might make more sense. Like the so the closer the thing, you are right? to the beginning of you starting the game, the more that would be effective because you just don't know how to control the ball yet. See, I learned. Um 
I learned basketball in a very short space of time when I thought I already knew how to basketball. Mm. Um, because I had to do okay. it as part of a uh, a sports qualification that I was doing. Okay. And so, like, I very much got, like, stripped back down to basics and built back up again from all this, like, stuff that, you know, I'd learned, half learned from, like, the Space Jam game and movie. <laughs> and, you know, like, I lived in I lived in the south of England. Like, it's not exactly a basketball-heavy area. Like, it's available, but you really have to go look for it. And it never really occurred to me that that was an option. So it just sort of bounced a ball around, you know? <laughs> Um, and I moved to Scotland, where it was even worse. Um, although I did actually end up playing, uh, like to go into a, like a more structured practice thing up there. But yeah. anyway, I'm doing this sports qualification. I'm getting built back up again, and, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you know, like practice free throws. So we're practicing free throws, and you know how we practice free throws? We went and got a bag of twenty balls, and we threw all twenty of them, collected them back up, and then threw all twenty of them again. Mm-hmm. And it took way less time and required one less person to do it efficiently if we just had twenty balls." And that's why custom training is always going to be better than free play. And okay, and I'm I'm with you still. I'm with you still. Uh, there's one thing I have heard, um, and I I don't necessarily agree with this argument, but I'm going to present it to you regardless. Sure. Is that too much times in custom free play? You're at a you start at a standstill. Yeah, um, that's true. And you won't necessarily have that within a game. So, what would you say to those people? Uh, well, I would say to those people that um, you should make your own custom training packs because that's what I do to combat that. So I start from a standstill, but like the ball's on like a long trajectory of some kind, and I and I I give myself a waypoint that I have to hit. So you're saying make better custom training? <laughs> I, I'm saying yeah, but like actually mm-hmm. think about like don't just like hit the button that makes the shot pop again and then go for just go for it from the position it gives you. I'm telling you to think about your training. No, hundred percent. Okay, cool. That um, you as the audience, not specifically you. I, I might need to do that. A little bit you as I, well. I, I'm sure <laughs> I need to do that. Um, although I, I'm getting fine. I, I will say mm-hmm. that free play is great for hand warming. You yeah, know, for, like just right go into free play yeah. and and also like slow mo and stuff as well. Like throw on all of that stuff. You know, whatever feels you makes you feel loosey goosey, ready to ready to go into a competitive match. Like sure, do whatever you want, but don't lie to yourself telling you that that's the best way to train when there are better ways available. Like make a choice to do that. That's totally fine. But you need to be making a choice. And I, I was I will say like twenty minutes, thirty minutes of pre play before I play ranked games will usually result in a better ranked play, just because my mind is back into the physics of the game. I think that's the only thing that at this point I really use it for. Um but yeah, take that as you will. Um Man, there's there's another point I want to get off this. Sure. Now it's like I'm losing it. Uh that oh, moment. Dear. That it's moment when away um okay yeah so i here's a question all right um i don't know how many people will talk about this but there's some people that i know will never practice dribbling at all within mm-hmm. rocket league how much do you think like stuff like the dribbling challenge or just just general dribbling practice um is effective in helping i guess maybe we're not talking about pros let's let's talk about maybe like your your you know diamond to champ players so 70 minutes of the dribbling challenge two took me from diamond to champ just 70 minutes i was champ the next day wow that's just my experience <laughs> and it's, it's so i it's feel like it's useful <laughs> is it just the Sorry? touches or like getting used to what the hitbox is like that's you know what i mean i like, mean i think to some extent it was like forcing myself to sit down and like throw on some netflix and mm. just do the mechanical thing right 
Um, there's like a weird thing, right? I mean, a, a lot of the times I think about like uh, Rocket League mechanics as like martial arts sequences. Okay. I'm with you there. Because when you learn a martial arts sequence, the idea is to be able to execute that sequence so perfectly that you can spend your time thinking about your opponent or what they're going to do next. And not thinking about the sequence. Okay. Not thinking about the sequence, right? And and when you get to a certain level, you know so many sequences that you're able to just go from one sequence to another with like like pressing a button in FIFA to shoot a ball. You know? That's why it took MMA like 20 years before people started like really getting to that top level. Because they can go between the sequences of different martial arts. Anyway, sorry, that's my side tangent. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> and that's a totally valid point. I mean, I started off uh, my my martial arts experience started off with wushu, XMA, and capoeira. Mm. So, I was free running. That that's what it was. <laughs> so yeah. I was free running, and then went into like some martial arts. I'm not saying that I ever got to like you know like the most we would do is like full contact sparring between friends. You know, yeah. Um, which with capoeira is not something you generally do, and is therefore <laughs> way more fun. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, the so being able to execute these sequences, so like take the ball up the ceiling. I mean, we all use sequences in Rocket League. Everybody does. Once you get to that past, like once you've played the game for ten hours, you you've started using sequences because that's how humans work. We we recognize patterns and we reinforce patterns, and we automatically um, associate. Uh, a level of subconscious reward with any given action once we've repeated it a certain number of times different for everybody and it depends on how closely you repeat it and all this kind of stuff but that's the general like that's the most general statement of it that i can make mm-hmm. so you can drill these sequences and you know like a common sequence is the first thing you see pretty much everybody do in free play which is the ball to the wall go up and air dribble or go for a double touch off the backboard to score a goal in free play right Totally classic move. You've done it a thousand times. I've done it a thousand times. Everybody's done it, right? Well, I haven't scored that double touch a thousand times, but I, I won't say I would try. I'd have so a thousand times, right? Or do we not want to talk about that? I score... At this point, I probably hit a flip reset better than I hit a double. You know, Just to say both like, are trash. Respect. <laughs> Fair enough. But, uh, I mean, I can't hit either reliably, so... I, I can reliably get the reset. It's the hit afterward mm-hmm. that I'm working on. Yeah, I can, <laughs> I can barely put the ball reliably. But anybody who sees me ranked, like, listening to me talk about reliably, it should all make so much more sense, because, like, I'm never going for a specific thing. I have, like, a range of options that I would like to have occur, but I just honestly don't know how well my hands are going to do fulfilling that because of the problems that I have with my hands. And that's led me to, um, you know, it was a long time before I realized that that was what was going on. And that was when I started thinking about Rocket League. And mm-hmm. then that was when I started watching RLCS. And that was when I got into casting and blah, blah, blah. Like a bunch of stuff happened. We end up sitting here talking about it on a podcast. 100%. And the point was about sequences, right? So we, we use sequences all the time and we reinforce sequences. And in high level ones, it's really important to use sequences to condition your opponents so that then you can adapt the sequence and change it and take it into a, an unexpected location, catch them off guard, right? And that's a really cheap and easy way to get goals in terms of like effort and risk. Oh, I love that analogy. Because like I, I did uh, amateur kickboxing for a while and um, that kind of like... You do you do a series of things like let's just say you're just throwing a jab uh, uh, teep I guess right front kick teep um, and you're getting them like you're hitting them with it so when mm-hmm. they start reacting to it that's when you add in the new sequence that yeah. specifically they drop their hand to to push away the teep that's when you hit them in the head or whatever it is you know what I mean yeah yeah right. and you just build on that and that's how better fighters 
kind of start seeing that this person is switching it up or trying to force you and they'll just probably get their distance to kind of regroup just to kind of destroy that sequence in its process but i love thinking of ones in that way yeah i mean it's it's the same in all of rocket league though um it's just mm -hmm. that ones has the least factors so it's the easiest to break down in terms yes. of that mm -hmm. and sequences are so much more important in ones than they are in anything else like if you can execute the same flick into the top right corner every single time you're going to win more ones games than you lose because not everybody can defend that top corner reliably and then as soon, as soon as they start defending it that's when you can start faking it or start changing up where that flick is going and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, uh, check out Lofty TM on on YouTube. He's a he's a, a really good example of this. A, a, a friend of mine. He um, he can every time I play ones against him, I'm always struck by how clinical he is. Like he just executes the same three shots over mm -hmm. and over again. <laughs> and I've gotten okay at dealing with them some of the time. Is about <laughs> the best I can say about it, right? Because it's just. It's so relentless that it gets up inside your head and it's like, it's just going to go top corner again. How do I get there? I don't have the boost to get there. This is right off the kickoff again. He's just going to, you know, he's got full boost. He's got the, he's got ball in close control. He can do literally anything he wants. And I'm just like trying to cover this one tiny part of the goal because he always shoots and then he shoots somewhere else because obviously <laughs> he does. And being able to manipulate your opponents like that you know get up inside their head and, and condition them and just generally um you know being surprising is the best thing you can ever do in rocket league mm -hmm. to your opponents it's the worst thing you can do to your teammates never surprise your teammates they don't know how to handle it they're just going to get annoyed with you that's where a lot of toxicity comes from it's from teammates being surprised at what happens well i'll say this much if i'm ever having an off day um, but I'm playing with a high rank player. They just assume mm -hmm. I'm going to miss. <laughs> yeah. And it yeah, works. Right. And, and you know what? The, the, the fact that they know you're going to miss and your opponents don't. That, <laughs> that is true. hugely, hugely impactful. Because you know how much information that is in Rocket League? Because you've got, the, you've got two people. Let's say it's 2v2, right? You've got yeah. two people on the other team. And they see you going up for a ball. And the ball's right there. And they're like, this is a, like... You know, he's going to touch this and then mm. it's going to go somewhere. So I'll see what the touch is and then I'll deal with it. You don't touch it. And they're like, oh, we didn't deal with that. And your teammates already dealing with the fact you didn't touch it because he wasn't waiting for you to touch it to see what happened. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the yeah. opponents find out that you missed at the point where you missed. He found out you missed when you were like entering the game with him by the sounds of it. But I mean, I feel like that's a little unfair. Uh, you know what? If I do have an off day and this this is a guy who was like, uh, like with 1700 MR before. So sure. if I'm ever playing with him, he'll be like, no, I know you're missing this one. Or especially because when I'm playing with him, I'll be a little more uh, reckless. So I'll go for things mm. I'm not supposed to hit. And he's like, there's yeah, no yeah. way you're hitting that one. <laughs> so he'll <laughs> just go. Um, I, I think as well, though, is when I'm having off day, I think like only once can I miss it. Because I feel like the opponents start like realizing, like, oh, this person's just like a little bit like it looks like they're about to hit it, but they're always just a little bit off. And that usually, you know, that usually comes from like not warming up, where you just like go mm -hmm. right in, and you're like, oh, I guess, I sure. guess I should have at least hit the ball a couple times to know, know what's what. Um, yeah, I, when I'm on my other house, <laughs> um, and like you know, the monitor's in a slightly different place. I'm sat on a different chair. I take my controller with me, so it's the same controller, but like you know, it's a completely different PC. The input lag's slightly different. I'm sitting at a slightly different angle. The, the screen's slightly further away. And it's just like all of these minute changes add up to like a day of being terrible at Rocket League. It's and funny. You know what I do when I can't hit anything? Yeah. I just fake challenge everything. 
And then they give me the ball and I dribble it into that goal. It's of just course. so much easier. Of course. Yeah. Because if, if I think I can't hit the ball, I'll just make them think that I'm going to try and then not bother. Like, that seems way more efficient. Well, strategic... <laughs> Yeah, the uh, the strategic guide to like when you have an off day, how should you play? Yeah, um, just fake uh, challenge, man. Like honestly, fake challenging is the best thing to do in the game right because before. it's the same thing where you have information that your opponent doesn't have. Because there's very little information that you ever have in a Rocket League game that your opponent can't doesn't have access to. Like yeah. whether they're paying attention to it or not is another matter. But like the the information is always available. Like even how much boost people have, if you're good enough, you can keep track of the exact level of boost that anybody has. Mm -hmm. Nobody is that good yet, but they will be, and they're they not will. that far off already. Um, and so when you're going for a fake challenge, you know that you're not actually going to go anywhere near that ball. But as soon as you approach it, your opponent's like, he's going to come challenge me. I, I've noticed a lot of my gameplay recently that the uh, like going for it, then turning right around right before mm -hmm. you hit it, Yep. It's been very good because it's like it pushes pressure on it forces opponents to do stuff and usually do stupid stuff, especially the lower mm -hmm. rank there. Um, like give give like a free hit in the midfield for your team. Um, yeah. But it also gives you like instead of going for that challenge, like, like the 50 that you're already know you're late for or you're probably mm -hmm. going to lose. It, it's actually a safe play to like turn around and then go back to be like, OK, well, now I'm kind of safe in the back corner. Uh, yeah, you don't even have happens. to be that close to the ball to do it either. You just mm. need to like if if you um I find that the easiest way to do it in in ones, for example, um in, in twos and threes is a little bit harder because you never know like how much calling is going on between yeah. teammates when they're in a party and stuff. Um, but in ones, the easiest way to fake challenge is to put yourself behind the ball because <laughs> then they can't see if you are or not. <laughs> I. I and once... that works in twos and threes so much as well, man. Like you just go behind the ball and do like a little bunny hop, and then immediately bury your nose into the floor and use that to spin one eighty and be driving backwards. <laughs> and you're still behind the ball the whole time, but they think you jumped, and so they started to do something, and they just hit the ball straight to you every time. Wow, I need to. I, need I mean, to I'm in GC and, and, and literally works all the time. I mean, I'm only just in GC because I mean, how much effort am I really putting in? And also, my hands don't work properly, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can't. And I'm 29. Like, I'm too old for this game. <laughs> my reactions are way too slow. Yeah, you're gonna go back to Hearthstone. You know what I mean? I'm. I'm not gonna go back to Hearthstone. Um, but... I think I'm firmly in D and D these days, but I don't know how oh, to yes. make money doing D and D. I don't think coaching D and D is really an option. Mm -hmm. And like the uh, the effort reward for like paid dungeon mastering also not exactly matching up <laughs> to the Rocket League coaching thing. So I think I'm just gonna keep coaching Rocket League. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, I do wish I could play Rocket League a bit better. Oh yeah, well I mean if you have you know, um... hardest person to coach is yourself. Yeah, well, I was gonna say like hand problems in esports has been a thing for a long while. So, um, yeah, I mean, I yeah, I've arthritis and RSI at the same yeah, time. Geez. It's a it's yeah. a joy. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing I can hold a controller some days. To be perfectly honest with yeah, you, yeah, um, I use a, a hand warmer and I like do, constantly doing hand. I've been doing hand exercises nearly the whole time we've been on this call. Um, is that is that why uh, you know Korean players and uh, you know League of Legends and StarCraft just have all those like warm up? <laughs> You know, like, well, like, yeah, I mean, absolutely, man. Like, you ever pulled mm -hmm. a hamstring? That is, you know what? That is fair. I haven't, I haven't <laughs> thought of it that way. I maybe I just ignore it. Honestly, though, relatively speaking, like the stress that I get from using a uh, controller compared to like mm -hmm. what I used to get when I was playing a lot of StarCraft is just yeah. not comparable. 
like it's all yeah, about but I mean that's because you were using a terrible keyboard and a terrible mouse, I would imagine. Uh, I mean, yes and no. It was probably more the setup of where my elbows were. Um, well, I mean, sure, but like mm. I would call, consider like terrible placement in that case. Oh, that's perhaps. Things, but... Yeah, it was all about level yeah. and ergonomics. I got a lot better with it as time went on, but mm-hmm. um, I think when I started, especially that was the worst because like I wasn't even thinking about that till like after three years of. Mm-hmm. You know, Try and try yeah. to get better at that game, but yeah. So, stretches, everyone. Stretches, hand warmers, stretch all, all the time. Like you want to be able to use your hands when you hit thirty. Oh, 100%. like that's that's a serious serious question to every Rocket League player out there. Do you want to be able to use your hands when you're thirty? Because if the answer is yes, do stretches before you play every time. Run your hands under a hot tap. Get a hand warmer that's rechargeable. Like do all of the things all that the you things. should be doing. Like look up exercises that you can find on YouTube. They're all over the place. Uh, consider switching to a more ergonomic ca- controller if you find that your controller is not working. Like when my hands started getting really bad about a year ago, I just bought one of every controller and, you figured and out I just used one. them all. Yeah. And I ended up with the uh, the Wolverine um, Ultimate Edition. Um, it's the best one for me because the bumpers are flat and not rounded, and that was better for my index fingers. Good. No, and that, but that was the level of detail that I went to. It was like individually, like how is this for my fingers? And the Wolverine's not great for my pinky on my right hand, but also like there's a metal plate in that hand that's like in between the metacarpals for the fourth and fifth. Jeez. So, um, so realistically <laughs> speaking, like that finger is pretty much uncomfortable in every scenario. So I don't care too much about that one. And also, I don't use it to play rock league. So what do I care? Like if I can't yeah. use my pinky when I hit thirty in a year's time, then I'll live with that, but yeah. I damn sure want to be able to use the rest of my yes. hands. Yes, yeah, 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 100%. Um, all right, well, speaking of, I guess, when you moved on from uh, playing to more coaching, mm-hmm. you, you spent, what is it, was it almost two full years, or was it two full years? It was a two years and one month, actually. Two years and Pretty one month. Pretty much exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I don't think anyone has quite comparable experience. Um, so I guess the question here is, if there is any coaches that are looking maybe at maybe like a little lower, like you have CRL, RLRS, then RLCS, any of the up and coming coaches, what are like, I guess, three things that, uh, you know, I'm going to boil it down to the good old three, three things that you think uh, they should definitely like bring or think about as they're coaching a team. Uh, so the first thing is that Rocket League hasn't existed long enough for anybody to know how to do it right in terms of coaching. I yes, I'm definitely sure of that. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're like everybody's doing their best, and there's some really talented coaches, some really smart guys in the scene, um, that are doing wonderful things with their teams. But ultimately, nobody knows what the best way to coach Rocket League is yet, and maybe you do. But Ooh. I would advise that coaching is an extremely transferable thing, and coaching Rocket League, I've coached like nine things at a decent decent to high level rocket mm-hmm. league being the the eighth or ninth depending on how you want to look at it okay and the the um difficulty with coaching rocket league compared to pretty much everything else is just so much higher like the mm-hmm. game is so mm-hmm. complex like it's it's a completely system based game so it's not a, it's not a case where you can look at like League of Legends or something. You can be like, this is the most efficient way to do this, and then do like you know the uh, open AI send their Dota client to go and like <laughs> mash through a bunch of pros in one v ones and stuff, and yeah, it's yeah. moving in a completely new way, and all the pros start copying it and stuff. Yeah. We're not going to see that happen in Rocket League. For, like, you don't quite years. copy. Yeah, you don't. 
it's not it's not like a this no no but it's it's learning mm. that there's a different way that hadn't occurred to anybody else mm. that is more optimal you know and then integrating that into your play it's like when we found out about wave dashes yeah yeah Right? When people figured out wave dashes, suddenly everybody's recovery became more efficient because that's what wave dashes do. However, a lot of people's recovery also became less efficient because not everybody's good at wave dashing. Mm-hmm. And wave dashing can become a default thing that you do. And if you do it wrong, we've all bounced on our nose a lot, <laughs> yeah, yeah. haven't we, guys? <laughs> all right, the good old so, uh, weird flip. <laughs> yeah exactly right it's like you know slow flip off your nose it's like yeah i'm just gonna cut one for a while guys (laughs) see you later (sighs) awkward and usually you know you bury your nose into the floor right in front of the boost as well so it flips you over the mid boost (laughs) that's the classic one when you're wave dashing off the wall i need Um, that compilation yeah i mean you could uh, i would love to see a super cut of every time that's ever happened in rocket league where like the speed goes up every time it happens or something in a rocket league uh, like pro match or something It'd be fantastic because it still happens just that these guys are so quick at recovering out of those situations you know like they've messed up a wave dash so many times it's like they didn't wave it mess, mess it up half the time yeah um, they find a way to kind of spin out of it or yeah exactly momentum, i mean yeah. if you want to look at somebody who knows how to conserve momentum just like spend a little bit of time sitting on memory's viewpoint the way he like his car's basically never pointing the direction it's carrying and it's fantastic <laughs> yeah um so uh in terms of like coaching rocket league like it's such a such a complex system it's so reliant on so many things um it's so fast-paced there's no break points really except for like goal replays which everybody wants you to skip anyway and <laughs> When you like, you can't even have a swallow of water a lot of the time during a Rocket League game from start to finish. Um, so it, it almost feels like full series are like between games is where you have the one minute of we can change yeah. anything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I mean that that minute, like you use that to stretch out your hands, get the hand warmer, and drink mm-hmm. some proper water. Like take a moment to clear your mind and reset. Like we need more than a minute in between games, in my opinion. But this is one of the problems of Rocket League. The games are too short. I mean, at this point, I just analogize it to like, uh, you know, UFC rounds. But <laughs> sure, yeah, I mean that makes perfect sense, right? Because it's yeah. like such a such an explosion. It's it's very fast paced. But I mean, even in a UFC round, like there's a lot of time where you, where someone's waiting for something to happen, right? You wait for that like slight misstep, mm, that transition yeah, of momentum yeah. where you can like get in and find an angle, look and break that guard, right? And maybe find a, a way to get them onto the mat and then, you know, pl- lock them down there. And in Rocket League, you, don't you really stand still, you're going to get scored against. Yeah, yeah. especially that, the, the higher levels, geez. Like... Yeah, exactly, right? Like in football, like and when I say football, I mean soccer, um, like you have a free kick and that's a moment for everybody to take a moment. And you'll actually see people running off to the sidelines, grabbing a water bottle and <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. throwing some water down, right? And but th- th- those guys aren't sprinting for a whole game. Oh, no, it's there's no way. It's that that happens, <laughs> it's 90 right? Minutes, yeah, I mean, some, sometimes you're running a lot. Like I've played football matches where I ran a lot and it's mm-hmm. at a low level, you tend to run more. Um that is but, true. That's actually objectively true. I can tell you that for sure. Yeah, absolutely it is. Because you don't know where you're supposed to be, so you're always in the wrong place. If you know where you're supposed to be, you just go to that place and then you're there, right? And the, the, that's kind of a similar thing in Rocket League. Like, if you know you're supposed to be in a place and you go to that place, that's great. But the problem is, is that because the game's based on momentum, if you get to that place too early or too late, it's like you weren't there at all. I feel like I get to, like, especially back road, uh, back post rotation, I'll get there too quickly a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what well, you can do you yeah. can just let go of the go button 
Unlike just like yeah, just let your speed roll. bleed off. Mm. Don't break. Just slow breaking roll like it, a little bit. I like that. Have, okay. you, have you ever heard of hypermiling? Uh, no. So hypermiling is something that uh, people who live in poverty tend to do a lot of. Mm-hmm. Um, which is unfortunately a situation that I've been in for for some portions of my life. I've been very um, seemingly affluent, but uh, but actually, you know, in the neg every month, mm-hmm. mounding piles of debt, you know. But it, but like just just staying ahead of the sharks, right? Yeah. You know, the payday loan company went bust, and I got all that money back. You know, stuff like that happened. I just Jeez. I just got <laughs> lucky. Yeah, uh, right. Seriously, yeah. that was like four grand. But yeah. Like it was a hard time in my life. I was a young guy. I ended up getting very ill. I'm still very ill. Not because of that. It just exacerbated things. Mm-hmm. You know, like there was a whole bunch of different reasons why that happened. But I learned about hypermiling, which is this great way to extend your fuel in your car. And it's all about removing wastage of the combustible, right? Mm-hmm. So every time you hit the accelerate, you're hitting the accelerate with the knowledge that you're not going to hit the brake anytime soon. So you just, I guess, let it... Because if you because if you hit the brake, right, that was a wasted gas. Whatever mm-hmm. gas you spent to get up to the speed that you were going when you hit the brake, it was a waste. So it just take longer to get there. A lot of rolling. So yeah, I had a lot of time, not a lot of money. Yeah. So it's a lot of thinking ahead and looking mm-hmm. and analyzing the road in advance and knowing the roads that you're on can be a huge help as well, although sometimes that's like a false sense of security. Um, but like looking as far as you, ahead as you can and, the, and in terms of anticipating what's going to happen next and working back all the way. And I kind of trained my mind over like two years of like trying to get as much money back on the fuel expenses as I possibly could in my job, you know, mm-hmm. um, by just like trying to be as efficient. And I think I got this Ford Focus up to like, I don't know, 70 miles to the gallon or whatever, um, <laughs> yeah. which uh, our gallons are smaller than your gallons. So oh, I don't have gallons US in Canada. I got a metric system. Yeah, you know what I mean, though. Like you, you've had gallons because your proximity to uh, North America, but yes. their gallons is like four liters, and ours is like, you know, not that much. I forget exactly. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But the, uh, but I sort of trained my mind to be really good at anticipating, and it's amazing how well that translated into Rocket League in terms of being efficient with momentum. So it's, yeah, every no, time okay. I go to spend boost. Am I just going to have to stop again? If I'm going to have to stop again, I just won't spend the boost, right? Mm. And if I hit the brake, I'm going to have to spend more boost later because boost is the second most important resource in Rocket League. I think I think my biggest problem right now is I'll still get all the boost pads somehow and be faster. Than- <laughs> I I don't know. I feel like I, I definitely I've slowed down the last uh, I guess week or so. And it's mm-hmm. it's actually it's very calming to be like I don't need to play fast and I'm still winning these games, so I don't. Well, have to speed force equals yeah. distance over time, right? And momentum equals mm-hmm. uh, mass times velocity. But like the truth is, you just can't accelerate as fast like as you'd like to in some situations. So being there, like full stops are just death. Like that's well, how it feels. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually a, a full stop is bad, right? Yeah. Like, there's very few situations where a full stop is good. There are a couple of situations where it's really good. <laughs> and again, anything that surprises your opponent is likely to be good if it achieves what you were looking for from so it. So if I'm playing against like the best people in the world, let me let me do a full stop from time to time. Is what... <laughs> I mean, they do. I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. It's all about those um, mind games. Yeah, I mean, well, this, here's the crazy thing, right? It's like we've had, what, eight world championships now? We yeah. still have no idea what the what the formula for winning is. 
No, and it keeps. It we keeps... have ideas. We have correlations. We've had eight world championships. Like we just don't have the history, and it's an entirely mm. new thing. There aren't. There isn't another sport you can point at and go, "Hey, this is an analog to that." It's not like Overwatch, which is essentially just an objective-based shooter that is like every other shooter except for the objective-based bit. It, you know, it's well. It's, I feel it's more MOBA than a shooter, but that's a story for another yeah, day. Sure, whatever. <laughs> There's stuff that you can bring information in from. Yes, what do we yes. bring into Rocket League? Like a little bit of ice hockey. A little bit of ice hockey. I, I agree. A little bit. <laughs> that's because it. the players carry their own momentum, and that's basically it. Because the hockey players have way more control over their momentum than Rocket League players do. Yeah. Um. But Rocket League, at its core, is a resource-based game, right? You've got speed. You've got um momentum as the the primary resource of the game. And then you've got boost as the best way to get momentum mm-hmm. um, because it's the most flexible. Uh, the, the quickest way to get momentum is actually flipping. Flipping's quicker than boosting. Oh, yeah. No, 100%. And so, when you, so knowing like how much of the boost that I have to, because boost rate requires commitment to refill. You have to make your path less efficient than it might otherwise be in order to get boost pads. Mm-hmm. Like you should never go to the corners of any pitch in basically any game, except in Rocket League, because that's where boost is. You know what? When you put it that way, that I never thought of it uh, in that way, right? Because usually you try to push your opponents off to the side in, in all other mm-hmm. sports, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like if you're defending, you want them in the corners. Um, but if there's this resource that you know helps you get that momentum in those corners that people are fighting for whether it's through demos or getting to it as soon mm-hmm. as it responds all of a sudden it becomes a point of contention on the pitch which otherwise wouldn't be there right like if we all if, if rock league instead of relying on boost yeah, pads, you could just, just t- cut the corners off just just had a like an auto like almost like drop shot or whatever like a mm-hmm. over time boost thing right yeah the play in the imagine? corner would be a lot different i'd imagine right have you played drop shot recently I, I did because the one of the uh, pass things to do, you know what I mean? Like where the mm-hmm. uh, the Rock League pass uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, bonuses was on there, so I did. Sure. So, like, playing drop shot, what's that experience like compared to playing normal Rock League? I say it's, it's a lot like volleyball in some ways, <laughs> where, like, I... In normal Rock League, my goal is always to frame myself between the ball and where the net is. But with mm-hmm. such a large area to cover, I'm just trying to cover s- large areas of space. Like it's more yeah, you're just trying to trying to play zonally, right? Yeah, yeah. How does how well does playing zonally work in Rocket League? In actual Rocket League? No, just in general, like in drop shot, in hoops, in 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 you know whatever version of Rocket League. I think only in drop shot does it wor- ever work <laughs> very well yeah. for me, at least. And that's because of the boost recharge, right? Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> the thing is, right, is actually playing and when you're playing zonally you're not just like sitting in a spot like you might in basketball right point guard sits no, no, no. The, the uh the key and everything um but with uh that was probably rubbish man it's been like 12 years since i played basketball last thinking about it so let's just leave all of my basketball analogies well, out you know of the, the only thing the i will say about basketball is that a lot of the rules actually force the tempo of play in that game like imagine yeah, basketball didn't have a 24 hour shot clock right like you're sitting like the 24 second i think you sorry mean. sorry that's that's what i meant that's what i meant because hours would be <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that would be a very cricket. different game and i um, kind of want to see it <laughs> um no but but there's no 24 second shot clock and you're just you're just sitting there like you know what i mean like there'd be significantly less baskets because it's like you're not forced so you take your time like you wouldn't um well I don't know. okay so so what you're saying there is that you're forced to do something in basketball because of a rule that somebody wrote 
Well, but you're yes. forced to yeah. do. You're forced to go get boost in Rocket League because of a rule that somebody yes. wrote. Yeah, yeah. The the rule that they wrote was that boost doesn't come back unless you go over these pads. Mm-hmm. So, so it's not actually as forced in, in comparison as you might as you might think. Um, but it is a great thing to point out, bring up because you're right. A lot of the stuff in Rocket League is kind of arbitrary. It just kind of felt right. You know, like they tweaked some numbers around and then eventually they got to the point where like, yeah, this seems kind of good. And then two weeks later, their mind was being blown as, <laughs> the, you know, the, the early days of cam gears on Twitch and whatnot. And you have that, that whole like evolution of how people interpret this system, because, you know, I've been engaged pretty heavily since ooh, February 2016. So coming on for four years now, I've been heavily <laughs> engaged in Rocket League. I've been playing it since August 2015, you know, mm-hmm. like a month after it came out. I didn't buy it because I saw Cronovia streaming on Twitch, uh, Camgears at the time. Thought it was really boring, didn't buy it. Um, turned out it was just him. He was boring while streaming and I was an idiot because <laughs> Rocket League's the best. Yeah, I mean, listen, if there's any competitive game that like you can just do five minutes and leave, mm-hmm. like in that... Rock League and Hearthstone. That's the only two. This this is the truth. Like, I don't know if you ever played like a Dota game, League of Legends, or whatever. Yeah, but like sitting there for forty five minutes and then losing and then being mm-hmm. like, "Let me queue again." Yeah, that's gonna work oh, out. It's well. worse than that though, right? Because you don't sit there for forty five minutes and find out you lost. You sit there for fifteen <laughs> minutes, find out you lost, and then sit there for another twenty while With that like, plays out. And it's like a hope. It's like you're like, I have about one percent chance of winning this game, but you I don't gotta even have play. a one percent chance. Somebody's already AFK. You well. <laughs> I mean, you um, may you may be playing at a higher level than I am, but in terms of getting into those games, that's my experience exclusively. I mean, I'll, I'll say this much: is when I did play League of Legends, uh, I was started. There's a point where I just started choosing hyper carries, um, which meant that my character passed 30, 45 minutes. If I can just get there, would just win the game sometimes, because their their whole yeah. toolkit was designed for a late, 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 late game. Um, yeah because I got you just gotta out. just to hold out and just be efficient and, and then eventually the and they have all their items but if i survive long enough to get all my items i'll win mm-hmm. yeah. um but still i think i think in general just the fact that it rock leaves five minutes and you can just um i think that's the way the you truth is like the, the tilt is just like if you need to take a break in rock League, like you can just do it after like two games you know what i mean like if you get on mm-hmm. two games you're already feeling like and it's usually not because the game itself it's just usually something else we have a oh, bad yeah. day work or whatever it is. Never the game. Like, <laughs> the game really is just the projection. Speaking, right? <laughs> the, the game that is something that you do because it is fun and you enjoy it is not the reason you feel shitty while playing Rocket League. Oh, 100%. I'm sorry. I'm not sure if we're uh, swearing on the podcast, but uh, uh, you can the, bleep uh, it out, I guess. I uh, I like to call it. I will until Apple catches me. If you throw in one or two, I'm not gonna. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> does I mean, does Apple care about that? That seems ridiculous. Yeah. That... yeah. No, 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 no. Idle thumbs is on Apple. There's no way you're not allowed to swear on an Apple phone. No, 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 no. Here's the difference. Here's the difference is uh, technically I'll I'll still put everyone on it. So eventually if anyone ever catches on, I'll just change it to whatever. That that, that makes, yeah, (laughs) totally fair. I'll do my best to avoid it. I was doing okay okay. so far. Listen, yeah. I have more of a problem with one of my co-hosts anyway, but that's all good. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's just been a while since the last time I did TV, I guess. Um, So, man, I've completely forgotten what we were talking about now. Oh, the uh, the, the arbitrary rules that are kind of placed on Rocket League, right? It's a good thing you got it, because honestly, I'm... (laughs) 
Yeah. I, I I, it's because it, all of this stuff is connected in my head. It's like a spider web, you know, like, you know, like a mind map where you have yeah, like yeah. a central theme and everything kind of spiders out from that. Like Rocket League for me is just like 15 of those that went through like a blender and then a toddler had like a glue stick and was just like pacing <laughs> them back together. And that's essentially like Rocket, what Rocket League looks like. It's kind of what it looks like inside my brain when I'm playing Rocket League as well, to be honest. Um, in terms of like option <laughs> yeah, yeah. coverage, I try to think of options as flowcharts, right? Like this mm. happens, then this happens, then this happens. But they I think of it as like, it. oh, if they make this choice, then they'll have these choices. And if they make that choice, and you know, uh, by the end of a ones game, I usually have a pretty good idea of like the, those much less options to consider, you know? Mm. Um, but with Rocket League, like, we, there's so many arbitrary rules put on it, and it's such a systems-driven game. And and ultimately, the limit of the human body is the limit of the the system that we play within. Um, in mm -hmm. a lot of cases, there's very few arbitrary numbers. You've got um, spawning after demos. That's an arbitrary random number. And you've got the length of time before you're allowed to take a dodge, which um, is an arbitrary number that is squishy. And I like that one um, <laughs> because you know the number of t the amount of time you have to actually take your dodge depends on how much how powerful your initial jump was yeah, yeah and that's a really cool thing because it means that instead of it just being like a straight 1.25 seconds it's 1.25 to 1.45 which allows for a lot of mind game potential mm -hmm. and stuff and, and why super late flicks can be extremely effective because they can happen a full 0.2 of a second later than somebody thinks they will mm -hmm. and you know it's amazing how many people still don't know that if you hold the jump button for longer you go higher oh my goodness well listen dodge. i feel like you need to like i think i think a lot of players that start getting to the higher leagues forget about it like like i'm high, not higher sir like when you start hitting like platinum diamond you forget about the fact that when you're in gold and you didn't know how to use your boost anyway but you'd fly over the ball because you accidentally held the jump button too long mm -hmm. <laughs> um yeah, yeah i mean the thing is right no most people never figured out that that was what it was <laughs> and you know what the thing is too i i that adjustment on a, a single like that button is so difficult for me to like even uh i don't know oh, like, really like well no like because it's 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 what on the xbox controller hold on the a button right i have i have a jump on mm -hmm. an a i'm pretty sure it's a uh yeah. i, I mean, don't know it would be a is. unless you moved it um but i think it's either i do like a really small one or like the giant one if that makes sense it's mm -hmm. unlike yeah, the triggers, sure. which I feel like I have a little more control about how fast or slow I'm going. Sure, um, I mean you just use full and not full, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so like the triggers are basically just buttons as well in Rocket League yeah, in yeah, most yeah. cases. Um, but regardless, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. no, the fact that if you hold it longer, you jump higher is, is definitely something I think people should know. Um, yeah, it's amazing right. how many people don't, and it's amazing how useful it is. It, it definitely. And I'm sure. I think once people start using boost so much, though, that, that I think they stop thinking about that at all. So maybe that's a possibility why people don't. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Does once it... you move boost onto a button where it's its own finger, like mm -hmm. you know, um, the the classic is like RB, RB or yeah, R1. Yeah. RB you know, that, that's the. Yeah, I mean, that's why I have it as well, because mm -hmm. then it's just an index finger, and it took a long time, <laughs> and I'm still I'm still not at the point I was with dribbling with my middle finger on Accelerate that I was at with my index finger on wow. Accelerate. Wow. Still. That was 4,000 hours ago. That I <laughs> that. That's how solid that muscle memory was wow. for that first 2,000 hours. That's how hard it is to change muscle memory, because it was such a small change, right? Because fundamentally, mm -hmm. I'm doing the same thing. If I was using, If I was using a different technique, then that would be a different thing. It would be a new set of muscle memory. But because I was just moving at one digit, like one digit on my hand, mm -hmm. and it was just the next finger over, 
that's so difficult for your brain to deal with um, in an effective way. If I'd moved it onto the other side of the controller, if I'd moved to L1, I think it would actually have been better for me. I, I You know what's crazy? I, I, I'm going to analogize this a little bit to my kickboxing, but mm-hmm. um, I was always uh, left side. So uh, I guess standard fighter, standard, standard, what's, what's that word? Um, yeah, I was a right foot forward. So. Uh, left foot forward, right? That's the... yeah. Standing. Yeah, regular stance. Regular, like regular stance. So, but I was a point fighter before I was a kickboxer, like a karate point mm-hmm. fighter. Yeah, yeah. Um, gotcha. and your your karate stance is slightly longer because it's more mm-hmm. of a, it's it's a it's a game of tag, really, right? Yeah, exactly. Like point karate is like who's who's the first one to take the other person, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. you'd have your hand out a little further and your leg a little further, because um, mm-hmm. you're trying to bait them in. You're trying to bait them in, but it's also more about the whip. It's not a really yeah, yeah, like sure. it's a whip. Your hands a whip. Your legs a whip, as opposed to doing power, right? Um, mm, and when I had to yeah. reprogram my brain to do kickboxing, um, and kickboxing mm-hmm. is a lot more fluid because you're switching sides constantly. What I yeah, noticed is you like, got to keep that center of gravity. Like you, you got to. Oh have yeah. your, um, your anchor points need to be so much closer to your center of gravity than they do with karate as well. So oh, that's like a huge. One hundred percent. And I, I noticed that too. Is one, whenever I fought on right side, my stance was more centered. Because mm-hmm. um, in point karate, I, I leaned back on my back foot more, right? Yeah. Because you're trying to pop up the leg. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. your 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 front. And it's also quick to uh, quicker to evade as well when you've got the weight in the back foot. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and and my my point is though when I learned kickboxing, I actually my right side was a lot better at standard kickboxing at throwing my hooks, throwing my hunches, and everything mm-hmm. because my gravity was centered. And also it was something I never trained on that side, right? Yeah. Um, so because of it, when I learned this new thing, I was able to get into memory pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But to this day, if I'm fighting kickboxing, like my style on my regular side is a little different because it's a little bit of a it's still got that legacy from karate. yeah yeah so yeah <laughs> exactly so um it's just interesting that like those little tweaks are sometimes a lot harder than like oh let's learn it brand new so your your brain remembers it in a new way yeah have you ever um, taken the time to like learn to shuffle a pack of cards properly shuffle a pack of cards like the uh like just no, just doing no. shuffles you know like because the thing is right everybody knows how to shuffle cards <laughs> yes right but to some like level the, yeah but like actually like sitting there and going i'm gonna do like a smooth like front back over top like a yeah, yeah. couple of cards at a time just doing that smoothly without cards ending up looking all messy and everything <laughs> just doing it smoothly it's such a simple thing that you learned years ago and you've had that same way of doing it for the whole time <laughs> you've been alive and aware that cards existed. Yeah. Go and learn to do that properly. And that is surprisingly <laughs> difficult to do. <laughs> because it's so ingrained. Yeah, but the thing is, right, is that when you st- once you define a technique and then follow that technique and just keep repeating that technique until you do it wrong and then take a break and then repeat it again until you do it wrong and then take a break and then repeat it again mm-hmm. and then do it until you do it wrong and then take a break. You know, like the important thing is to take a take a break. Back when I was learning free running um, and coaching free running, the the biggest thing with like learning, especially like high impact moves, like um, you know gainers, uh, losers, stuff like that. You know where your momentum's going against your rotation. Um, the the number one most uh, the the number one differentiator was muscle memory. Like you do it right a couple of times, stop doing it. Yeah, because if you do it wrong. You're gonna make your muscle memory. It's better to leave having that perfect blurry. memory, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. As soon as you feel like you're gonna do it wrong, or you're not quite in the zone, or you do it wrong, you just stop, and then the next week you come back, recreate the same stuff. And man, like physical sports are so much easier to get better at than than stuff like rocket league because you, it's so much harder to overtrain. 
And it's big muscles, right? Like big muscles don't fatigue. Like if nah, you're using... that's irrelevant. Well, no, no, you know, yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. Can you play soccer for seven hours? Can you play Rocket League for seven hours? The answer is yes to one of those. Well, that's why I'm saying that big mu. Oh, okay, yeah, 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 gotcha. Okay. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sorry, I fall, I fall now. <laughs> so the thing with uh, the thing with Rocket League uh, and and gaming in general is that um, the fatigue isn't something that you can easily feel because it tends to be mental fatigue first, and mm-hmm. the other fatigue is is like controlled fatigue rather than endurance fatigue. Right? It's, if you're working out and you start to feel change. sore, mm-hmm. you have to stop, right? Mm-hmm. But if you're, but like you know. You hit this, um, ah, there's kind of like a sweet spot with like control movements. Like our artists talk about this as well with like painting and drawing and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, the first hour and a half is kind of janky, but then you hit like the zone for like two hours. And then after that, it kind of gets janky again and you should stop. Yeah. And Definitely. it's kind of similar. Um, but the problem is that people tend to play Rocket League for way longer than four hours. Right. And they well, don't spend an hour and a half training to begin with. And it's it's not so apparent. Like I'll say in soccer, when you're, when you're nearing that 70, 90 minute point in the game, like oh, where yeah, your you're legs are just feeling heavy, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's jelly. like let me let me do the same touches I did it like in the first twenty minutes. That's not happening, right? No, like, no, absolutely <laughs> not. But everybody else is in the same boat, right? Well, when you're playing makes... online game, mm-hmm. yeah. But so here's the thing, right? In a soccer game, everyone's fatiguing at the same rate, except for anybody who substitutes on, right? Yeah. In a rocket league game, you could be playing against somebody who's fresh. You could be playing against somebody who's like on form, like <laughs> they just come off the eight best games of their life. They hit everything <laughs> they ever hit in their entire life. They should be buying a lottery ticket on the way home. You know, there's like a four chained flip reset into your top net, and you're just like, "What's going on? Please stop!" And <laughs> then you've got like the other guy who's been playing literally all day and mm-hmm. just ceased to care. Like he's just playing because he wants to play Rocket League. He doesn't care whether he wins or loses. He's just running around and having fun, yelling at people in chat because he's been doing it all day and he's frustrated because like, yeah, <laughs> it didn't go that well, but he's still playing Rocket League because <laughs> he's not smart enough to put down the controller and do something else for a minute. And like the fact that you can have all three of those experiences in the same game. Same game, game. yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> So, like, whereas with a soccer game, everybody arrived at the same time, you know, like, everybody, like, there's, some people are fitter than others and everything, but, like, you generally scale at the, over the course of the game, whereas over the course of a Rocket League game, like, it's irrelevant, because it's such a small piece of time. Yeah, like, if, if we had a 90-minute game, it'd be higher. different, it'd be, it'd be a different talk, because I think, eventually, it'd, it'd be so apparent who the better playing players are after 90 minutes of <laughs> Rocket Soccer. Yeah, right. It's like if you did a ninety. I'm really interested in seeing what longer matches of Rocket League look like. Um, but I think that if we do that, we need to start introducing out of bounds. Well, you, you, the the scores would just get too ridiculous. I think, like by by minute thirty, unless you're of really evenly matched teams, but if there's any imbalance whatsoever, by minute thirty, I think you'll know who's winning. Like, unless sure. they fatigue I mean, out, unless they much fatigue out at six. Kind of- you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean that's not that much different from a Counter Strike match. That, that is fair. That if is you fair. equate goals to kills, that is true. But so, the round reset is what kind of keeps. So the fact that there's rounds. Yeah, yeah. They, so, within, so, so yeah. what? So what we've done is we've granulated this thing, right? And we've taken this thing that's super good for casuals. This five minute game where it's really easy to just hit that requeue again, because that's the thing, right? Any online game needs people to be hitting requeue. 
They don't want people to come in and play one game. They want people to come in and play all night. And then they want to come in and play all night the next week. And then they want to buy them a skin, buy a skin or keys or crates or the expansion of DLC, whatever it is that's <laughs> supporting your game servers and keeping the lights on. You want to sell that to people and you need people to be engaged in the game to do that. Like, I don't buy Hearthstone packs now that I don't play Hearthstone. Oh, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I mean, although there are some people who still buy skins and stuff in Rocket League, even though they don't play Rocket League anymore, but I don't That's know what's crazy. up with the trading community anymore. Is like that was, that was a whole thing, you know? Like, people turned it into their jobs as much as they could and uh, hoping they didn't get caught with the TCs and whatnot with the, the whole no PayPal for items stuff. <laughs> um, but the at the end of the day right we've got this super granular experience that's geared towards a casual player base that is going to pick up xyz number of games like i know so many parents that play rocket league because you know it's just such an easy game to fit in between being a dad like playing rocket league like you know no matter what my daughter says to me i can be like yeah sure five minutes i'll come do whatever yeah. it is you need feeding again i thought that happened yesterday sure whatever <laughs> but I mean, yeah imagine like, imagine being a minute five of a you know a moba <laughs> yeah right and she like, comes up and says i'm hungry and i'm like well i mean sure i guess i'll just afk for two minutes since that other guy's already doing it but well, you know or you have or it's like something worse it's like well i guess i'm closing the whole game you know yeah. so so bad for my teammates for the next 40 minutes or whatever it is yeah exactly um, right it's super hard you know. to play online when you have kids and stuff around because it's just like how do you commit to that time you can't even always commit to a five minute rocket league game yeah um but so we've got this like length of time that is perfectly suited to the casual audience and we've just decided that it's also perfectly suited for competitive well it's a good thing we have series is all i'm gonna say because <laughs> yeah right so, so that's that's the thing right series are a band-aid to that i mean it's a way of keeping it more consistent which makes sense because you know it might be confusing for a casual viewer to come in and be like oh why are they on minute seven of regulation time um has the ball been in the air for this long <laughs> it's two straight minutes where it touched the floor it's amazing but <laughs> But <laughs> here. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, but but seriously, they we, we've just assumed so much in competitive Rocket League. We assume the best ways to train. We assume the best ways to play. We assume the most efficient ways. And I'm telling you right here and right now, as somebody that was paid for two years to look at all of these numbers, we don't know anything about Rocket League yet. We just don't have the data. There's a hundred years of soccer to learn from. Mm. There's nearly a hundred years of basketball to learn from. I have no idea how long NFL or baseball have been around, but they've been around for a while too. And there's all this yeah. information, there's all this money, and there are these huge industries on their own. The sports industry is a collection of industries. It's not just the sports industry. It's like saying IT. It means nothing. It's way mm. too broad a term. And... There's been so much money going into those things. They've been so lucrative for the people that uh, operate in those markets and have been able to take advantage of the opportunities that come up that there's the idea that you couldn't put more money into figuring that out. And also just the fact that people love it. Mm -hmm. And pe things that people love, they will spend time thinking about. And if you spend enough time thinking about something, eventually you're going to have an idea. It might be an idea that somebody else has had, but you're going to have an idea at some point. And if you do something about that idea, that's how we end up with like calculated GG and ball chasing oh, yes, and all that 100%. kind of stuff. You know, yeah. it's people who are enthusiastic about the game and they go, hey, I know some stuff. I'm just going to, sure, I'll take these pieces that other people have done and I'm going to mash them together and like put my own secret sauce in there and like open it up to like community to um, help out or whatever. And, you know, all this, all this stuff. 
and they pull in a bunch of replays and they get a bunch of stats out and they're like, here are the, some stats. And it's like, what does any of this mean? It's just numbers. So then it's like trying to figure out what numbers mean. Like, would you believe that one of the clearest indications of whether a team is going to win the game is the standard deviation of the speed between the three people on the team? I mean, yes, I guess. <laughs> yeah, but it's that like, I know it. <laughs> how do you just pull that out, right? That's something that I noticed over the course of like working with Ghost and everything. Is that uh, for for Ghost specifically? Um, but I also for a lot of the time, it, the lower the standard deviation of the speed, the average speed of the players. So, like, we're looking at the average distance from the average point of an already averaged number. <laughs> Okay, and we're taking a causal link from that and applying it to winning a game, and it held up a lot, like often enough that I was like, sure, there's some margin of error, but generally speaking, if the guys are all going at roughly the same speed, everything seems to work better, which makes sense because well, yeah, it implies yeah. that, that they're going to be evenly spaced and good coverage of the field mm -hmm. and all this other stuff, but it's also all average numbers, and none of that is true at any given point in a game. <laughs> So well, it's only over the macro level of like a whole series or a whole game. Like in terms of like 10 seconds, like looking, taking a 10 second block of Rocket League and going, was this the right thing to do? It's impossible to do, but you can do it in a lot of other sports. Well, because in a lot of, uh, a lot of other sports, those like one moments are so much more evident, I feel. Like the, well, the span of the whole. It does help that in 10 seconds in an average sport, one thing happens instead yes. of 500. Yes. That, that's, yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm getting at, I guess. <laughs> you know, someone can get demoed twice in 10 seconds, you know? <laughs> <laughs> From one boost to bad to the other. The same person, right? Because they respawn yeah, on yeah, the other you side. Can right? get, you can get demoed twice in 10 seconds really easily. It's only a three second spawn timer. You and can that get demoed probably three doing times that anyway, right? <laughs> yeah but i mean you probably got demoed by a completely different guy you probably got bumped by your teammate into a demo like so much can happen in 10 seconds 10 seconds is like eternity i had i was 4-2 down in a ones game this week yeah. um and with 11 seconds left on the clock we're coming up for the kickoff the guy's just scored the fourth goal on his end you know so it's like 4-2 11 seconds in everybody forfeits then right mm -hmm. i didn't and you know what i did i won 5-4 without going to overtime <laughs> there was 11 seconds on the clock yeah yeah so much can happen especially within ones right like yeah i mean in, in one yeah absolutely like he took a bad kickoff and i immediately scored kickoff. then he took another bad kickoff and i immediately scored oh well i took a better kickoff than him his kickoff wasn't bad the second time but mine was just slightly better and did what i needed it to do which was go towards the ball go towards the goal quickly but not quick enough that i couldn't catch up to it to actually put it in there yeah, yeah. um and then the next one like he uh, I think tried to fake the kickoff and I managed to hit that perfect point on the corner where I bounced up and I could just volley it straight into the net and right. mm -hmm. on zero seconds. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's just in 10 seconds. <laughs> we had two set pieces and three goals. Yep. you do. <laughs> That's, that's rocket league in a nutshell, I guess. Um, yeah, absolutely is like yeah. the genesis of a rocket league goal could be the moment before it happens or three minutes sooner uh yes <laughs> because it could be that when you actually track back like uh, one of the things i used to love to do was uh, to go to a goal and then just work backwards mm -hmm. and think about each action that everybody took and the impact that it had on a play and look for a turning point right yeah and sometimes i would go back like two three minutes of constant back and forth 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 and then i see this tiny little bump that happened near a corner boost and somebody got a corner boost and that added up to just enough pressure 
that the back and forth was slightly in orange team's favor, let's say. Mm -hmm. And blue team just never quite made up that deficit. So it got wider and wider and wider and wider and wider until they're <laughs> out of boost and they're starved and uh, like a nice team passing player or whatever put the ball in. <laughs> yeah. Three yeah. minutes beforehand. And it wasn't even like, it wasn't anybody's error. It was just like, an almost chance thing where suddenly there was an opponent in front of a guy and he was like, oh, just clip his wheel and then I'll get the corner boost from him. And that and three was minutes the pressure later that they scored. <laughs> I feel like this is, this is the stuff that happens when you're looking at that higher level of play, you know what I mean? Cause no, the, no, that happens in low-level games all well, the time. Well, no, no, but I think the difference in low-level games is the possibility of bad things happening that affect the outcome. Are like There's so many more of those things, if that makes sense. Right, I, I don't know whether I agree necessarily because the thing is, right, oh, high level the, play, mm -hmm. people are going for for higher risk, higher reward options most oh, okay. of the time. Mm -hmm. So, so like the average quality of in of Rocket League in terms of like what people expect to happen is kind of flat across all of Rocket League, in my opinion. Like when I say um, what people expect to happen, like the people in the game, what they expect to happen next and how often it actually does, I think is linear no matter where you are in the in the MMR table, you know? Because... Because as... people are just as inconsistent at all levels <laughs> at fulfilling what they're trying to do because people go for riskier things at higher levels. Like you don't see people mm -hmm. going for... Well, you do see people going for seeming shots in gold because it's 2019 now. But three years ago, you didn't. No, okay. Um, There's that one guy, all right? Like, listen. Yeah, right. But, yeah, and, and <laughs> you hated it when he was on your team because he never hit it. <laughs> he just flew to the other end and never came back. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was it. He was just gone. He was somewhere on Starbase and we, like Starbase wasn't even out yet. Um... <laughs> But listen, I was have... I was in gold for a total of I think uh, one month. So mm -hmm. uh, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I nearly got to gold in season one. Wow! I'm sorry, I'm I wasn't. I, remember, I, I started uh, last September. So yeah, I I I did. You'll the, overtake uh, me in no time, my friend. <laughs> I did the good old uh, you know StarCraft approach of I just learned every basic mechanic that had to be learned. Like all mm -hmm. the like, learn to do a basic fast aerial. Learn to like, you know what I mean? Learn yeah, to I mean, do... lucky you. Those things exist now. Yeah, you have a YouTube video explaining it all. Yeah, and a training pack and three years ago, <laughs> four years ago. And so because of it, like, I'm in silver, and people are like, oh, how are you silver? I'm like, well, I have no idea how to play this game, but I'm a. All of you are just chasing the ball, and I'm just chasing faster right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I'm just moving quicker than you, and that's fine. And you um, can ride that all the way to RLCS. There are players still in RLCS <laughs> who are just fast. Gimmick's a great example. Like he's smart too, but mostly he's just fast. And yeah, and he's fast, and he's got two teammates that are very good at reacting. Maybe maybe a a new second teammate soon. Ooh. Oh yeah, I heard there's. It's just a mix-up scrim, man. Just a mix-up. <laughs> rumors rumor mill. it's good well you know what if you want those rumors you can see us next week you know we'll talk about them um <laughs> you know that's that's what you do on a on a community podcast um yeah so, uh okay i let's bring it back a little bit because i did ask you about coaching um yeah I think so that's, so that's where this brand started but yeah but, sorry that was the biggest tangent of all time but um <laughs> i did actually have a point that i wanted to okay, make about get to coaching. the point and then i got one more thing to do yeah, with coaching sure. here uh so with coaching um you we were talking about how like people can get into coaching rock league yeah and i think the biggest thing you can do is learn as much as as you can about how coaching works in other things not just games but also like sales marketing like on the job training like apprenticeships just learn about every form of learning that you 
can as much as you can because mm -hmm. we have no idea which one works for rocket league yet and maybe you'll find the the sort of the 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 secret uh buffet of like this much in custom training and this much of these kinds of packs while you're in the custom training and then like a little bit of free play hand warm-ups like actual exercise going to the gym like all this like mental stuff therapy even i we don't know how any of that stuff really impacts on play. We just, just haven't been doing just it for long Just the coaching. Just get, just get say college. Yeah. I mean, it, so it his probably thing, would right? work, honestly. Well, you, you can, I, all you need to be able to do is help somebody recognize their mistake and why they made it. Well, yeah, no, of course. That's all you need to be able to do to coach somebody. And Individually. If you can, yeah. I mean, not just individually. Like, you, well, in a group setting, you have to well. make sure that. I feel like at the same time, you're also as a coach, you also kind of have to manage people. In, like, yeah, sure, but that's helping them understand why they made it. Mm -hmm. Hel uh, helping people to recognize that they made a mistake and why they made it. Those two things cover absolutely every yeah. version of every form of coaching that I've ever done in one sentence, two clauses. But it's you know easy, easier said than done because that's oh that's sure yeah I mean just score more goals time. than the yeah. other guys guys like <laughs> just go out there and put three more balls in the net for every one that they do and you're just gonna win no problem it's gonna be the, <laughs> the biggest goal difference of all time but but you're right it's not that simple but the uh, but, but the thing right. is, is that mm. the only way you're gonna learn how to do that is by doing it and by focusing on that right. Like yeah, who, focusing on helping people to understand that they made a mistake and then help them understand why they made the mistake. And then after that, everything else is just like, you know, reminding them of the other two things that you just did. They just, yeah. Um, so speaking of coaches, because this, this was the last sure. little thing I had on coaches here. I'd like to say, okay, there's, a, I guess this is kind of a two-parter or not really. I'll just, I'll just say it. Do you think Sizz is actually a good coach or is he just a cheerleader? <laughs> I honestly don't know. Um, Sizz has kind of been flirting with a, a coach-esque role. Um, I've been seeing him in scrims for a lot of the two years that I spent with Ghost. Yeah. Um, you know, watching people play and, and, and you know, either there to hang out or give advice. I honestly don't know because, you know, a lot of teams are black boxes, um, mm -hmm. especially with someone like myself. Like, I'm... I'm kind of an atypical coach in Rocket League. Pretty much every other coach in, in Rocket League um, is uh, friends with a pro to get the get the gig yeah, as yeah. it were mm -hmm. you know and um uh with the exception of gregan actually he kind of got brought on as a general manager for for reno's kind of thing and then yeah. and then transitioned to coaching the rocket league team more and more um uh whereas i followed ghost after they tweeted their announcement that they were picking up a rocket league team and they followed me back and sent me a message asking me if i was looking for work wow Okay, and that's how I got into coaching Rocket League. Um, I was already coaching Rocket League, actually, like on a one-to-one -one basis. No. You know, just like mentality stuff, little two-hour session here, little two-hour session there. I don't do two-hour sessions anymore. One hour is more than enough. Like, two hours is just me talking a lot and <laughs> having way too much to deal with. So one hour, deal with it for a week, come back, show me what's different, and then have another hour is the yeah, yeah. the best way to coach now. And I am offering one-to-one -one coaching again. So just quick plug there. If anybody's yeah, listening, no, wants to get better at Rocket League, hit me up on the Twitters, Silent Echo UK. It yeah, does I'll, cost I'll, money. I'll be sure to yeah. uh, include the Twitter and uh, whatever else in the Yeah, bio. I appreciate that. I mean, I'll probably be up on Gamers Ready in the new year or whatever. But, oh, you know, it's that's, just that's like timing deal. with October and then Christmas. But, you know, if yeah, anybody yeah. wants to get some, some holiday training in, my girlfriend's working all Christmas. So I might as well work too. <laughs> 
but, but uh, <laughs> um, look, actually, yeah, back, mean, back she to sis. radio. She has to get up at like three in the morning tomorrow. It's not great for her. <laughs> uh, back to sis just for a second, because my yeah, theory sorry. is I I wouldn't want to immediately say like sis has no like coaching. Uh, what's it called? Like, I think he's probably a decent coach, right? Is he a I mean, coach maybe. that, like, I honestly if he was, have no idea until you if see he was given coaching, a team that was different, would he win world championship? Probably. I mean, well, unless it's RV, right? Which, <laughs> um, but, but I, I feel like there, there's something about like, says, cause, cause at least, at least from what the players are saying is his job was just to keep everything light in some ways and just keep the positive attitude going, which mm-hmm. might just be all that team really needed. Cause given like the experience each of the players have right yeah i mean there's a larger i mean the thing is as well though um when you look at the average age of rocket league players it's not an age where you're that great at listening to other people (laughs) yes yes i i and a lot of the time a coach is like like people are like oh do we want a strategic coach or a hope man hype man coach that seems to be the choice that everybody's making in rocket league right now and ultimately in my opinion that breaks down to a very simple phrase like (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna translate the the 15 to 18 year old rocket league player question of do we want a strategic coach or a hype man and it and it when you when you put it into the translator it comes out like this do we want to be told what we're doing wrong all the time or do we want someone to tell us we're great <laughs> too true both can work that's too i'm not true. gonna lie both can work but that's what that is that's what you're saying when you say that to somebody that that you're, is so true a strategic coach tells you that you're doing something wrong all the time a hype man tells you that you're great I like. I personally think that I was able to be both reasonably well, but also I never tried to be friends with my players because as soon as you're friends with somebody, oh, yeah. it introduces bias. Well, I even even like bias aside. I um, Kama, one of our co-hosts on the podcast, was uh, the like a university CRL coach, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'm never again coaching on a team where I've become friends with the people that play on the team." Yeah, um, you can't do it. You, you just you just can't. Yeah, I mean, if for 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 um, the primary thing is like a perception thing. Like, if you're clearly friends with somebody, then there's an assumed bias there, even if there isn't one. So it's harder to maintain your objectivity in the eyes of the team, even if you're actually doing an okay job at maintaining your objectivity. Yeah, which means that it was pointless maintaining your objectivity, right? Because the <laughs> end result is the same, the same as if you hadn't. Um, the other so problem is that biased if you're gonna be biased. Yeah, exactly. Right. If if it, it's um, you know, Sid Meier said this about AI in games. He's like, if you make an AI that's really good, people just assume it's cheating. So just make a cheating one; it's easier. <laughs> yep, yep. That that's still that's still the logic behind most AI designing games now, because the, people just assume that it's cheating anyway. So it might as well be cheating because that's so much easier to do. Um, and the exception is with stuff like the OpenAI project. And I'm sure you watched the the AI StarCraft games; like those were fantastic. Oh yes. Yeah, like, good old such, such an interesting stream. I really enjoyed that. It was the first time I watched StarCraft in a while as was well. Was it? So. Um, was that the TLO and uh, Mana stream? Yeah, yeah, the the PVP and stuff. Yeah, uh, it was interesting. It was also okay. Mana was a little more red roll. I'm gonna be honest. TLO has been uh, resting on his laurels for <laughs> for a long, long time. <laughs> hey, man, I, I could point to some people in Rocket League and say the same thing. Um. <laughs> I mean, I guess in some ways, though, I will say, like, even even Cloud9, it's kind of, ever since they won, it feels, uh, that's not true either. I think they had a bad season. That's my opinion. Whatever. Hey, Cloud9 and Rocket League? Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, yeah, sure. We'll 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 talk about Cloud Nine when when the roster stuff that I'm hearing about actually happens. This is the best time to talk about Cloud Nine. Um, I, uh, yeah, let's let's not but, talk about Cloud Nine right now. Let's but I, I think uh, I think uh, like. <laughs> Back to the point that I was making, like yeah, in terms yeah. of being friends and stuff, like one of the biggest things that a coach can do in Rocket League right now is a mentality thing. It's getting the players outside of their own heads. And a hype man is generally going to be better at doing that than a strategic coach, which is fair enough if that's what people are looking for. The problem with a hype man is that when things really hit the wall and that stops working, you're in trouble. You don't have anything to fall back on then because there's no there's no process to hyping somebody up. It's an individual thing. And as soon as you're and if you're a hype man, it's far more likely that you're you're gonna end up building like very uh strong friendships with your players because that's what happens when you tell somebody you're great all the time, they want to hang out with you more. Um <laughs> Especially if you're older if if that person's older than the player. Because yeah, it's like I mean, the older bre- well, to some extent. What? I mean I think there's a limit on that. I think I was too old. <laughs> you think you're too old? Uh yeah, at twenty nine. I don't relate well to kids who are fifteen. But I, I mean, yeah, I guess, I guess. But that's who I was my coaching. point is: is in a couple of years, I think it's going to be the opposite. Like, I, think I think in a couple of years, it's probably going to be the opposite as well. But the thing like is, coaches... is that it could be the opposite right now, and I think it would make a huge difference to teams. And I think they underrate how essential it is to have somebody who is able to tell you that yeah. you're wrong. Yeah, and I, that's I, the, mm. that's where being friends with somebody stops working, because mm. as soon as you're friends with somebody and you tell somebody that they did something wrong. It, you can end up in like a 2v2 situation, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't too bad. But the problem is, is that as a coach, you always need to be the tiebreaker in that situation. Because a lot of the time you have, um, in Rocket League, three three player teams are a nightmare. It's always 2v1. When somebody makes a mistake, it's yeah, 2v1, yeah, yeah. right? It's the, and it's very, and it, or it's oh. 1v1 and one guy just going, whoa, I don't want to get involved, you know? Like when somebody yeah, has that yeah. domestic argument when they're around your house for a party or something, you're just like, hey, guys, <laughs> like there's gonna, a garden. Let me just you know? drink my beer, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, you know what? I just I called you guys an Uber. I know it was presumptuous. Let's just bundle you in there. <laughs> And if only you could do that, you know what? I think you guys. No, you can straight up do that. Are you kidding? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But like in 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 a team that actually you're gonna oh, yeah, try to bring team. back yeah, together yeah, yeah. after. Yeah, you right. Know what I mean? That's like, it. <laughs> let so me, let's take a month break and come back. I think we'll be better. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work. But the um the and you know it's so unpredictable what's gonna happen. Like you know this season is happening um, nearly two months sooner than last season. This it, this upcoming competitive season. Because what's this? Starts in January. Did um. I don't know if this is Cyanox doing in some case, but I did hear some rumors that DreamHack was... I don't know. These are all just rumors, right? But uh... Well, I mean, the impression that I have yeah. from the recent interview from Josh Watson, everything that I've, I know sort of um, in the background, is that uh, other than our, the next season of RLCS and the Olympics, there's basically nothing happening for the first half to three quarters of this year. Yeah, that's interesting. Because I will say, like, I was at the Montreal DreamHack, and like Rocket mm-hmm. League was... Oh, so was I. Oh, well... I was on stage. Oh, lovely. Um, yeah. Coaching Ghost. <laughs> yes, I actually, I will say I did cheer against Ghost. I believe I did say that when they were playing That's Barcelona. Um, but it wasn't sure. anything at all related. Um, I had a, what's what's it called? You're a fan of someone? Even though I have no I have no perception of how they are as a person. So uh, mm-hmm. given you, you probably. But I was like, oh, they got rid of Lethemir. I'm not going to cheer for them anymore. And that was really my... Uh, <laughs> My very out of, you know, my fan opinion, uh, as I like to call it. Yeah. The, uh, I have no idea what the inner workings of the team, but that was, uh, that was uh, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I don't think there's another team that has so consistently just missed out on being good 
as we did. <laughs> um, because the thing is, right? So yeah. we were predicted to relegate every season. You guys got better, like, like kind of. We, we, you know, like, whoa. like so slow. Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. We were predicted to relegate every season, and every season we had stuff going behind the scenes that I can't go into great detail. No, of course, on, of course. But, mm-hmm. but let's just say that there was essentially no kind of team morale for various points in the two years. Like people weren't talking to people, people were disappearing for two weeks at a time. You know, like Jeez. it was, it was, it was bad, right? Well, and I won't name names or, or say I, anything. Okay, although it's but a, a pretty I'll, small pool of this people. Much. But... You think this kind of stuff happens if the whole team is, you know, I'll I'll put a random number like twenty five. Yeah, old. I think st- stuff like that still happens, still happens for sure. I but think, it I think less, they... but that's my. I, I think there. it still happens. I do agree that it would happen less. Mm-hmm. Um, but the 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 really. The really big thing, I think, for, for these kids playing Rocket League right now and the thing that they need to learn real fast is that every other job sucks compared to this one. <laughs> but they haven't worked other jobs. Oh, my goodness. Listen, if I ever... I don't it's know if... downhill from here, from here guys. Like, you, you, If you mess it up and you're not in RLCS anymore and you like burn too many bridges and nobody wants to team with you anymore, you're just mm. gone. And you're working in an office for very little money, or you're trying to be a, a streamer or whatever, and it's it's not easy. I, like, if, if every I was, other job is harder than playing Rocket League. If I was a, uh, I, I don't know if I'll ever be on stage, but whatever. But if I was ever like a trash talker within the Rocket League scene, that's all I'd do. I just point out people. It's like you've never worked a job in your life. Like that would be the kind of trash talk I throw at these kids. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and the thing is though, right? It's like. These kids are young and they're being yeah. molded by the environment that they're in. That is that is true, yeah. And to some extent, the the more people like myself are taking on these support roles and trying to be mentors and mm-hmm. trying to trying to bring people together even when it seems absolutely impossible to do so and just continuing to to like push to to get those guys engaged and focused on moving forward. And that kind of thing. It's it's really hard. And the more people we have doing that stuff, the easier it's going to get, because people will come into an environment where that is a thing. Yeah, where it's already there. So like, just the mm-hmm. fact, yeah, regardless I mean, you, of their pre- previous conceptions or um, yeah. their lack of life experience, because there's such an environment within the teams, like it's just going to be better. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not going to happen for a long time. Um, because right now players have way too much power because the team size is so small, right? Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to threaten a player when it's thirty-three percent of your team. Well, cool. yeah, hundred. Like you can't turn around to a player and say, "Oh yeah, we're going to put the the sub in." No, <laughs> because that's changing thirty-three percent of the team. Like yeah. if you, in soccer, you, you're like, "Yeah, you're one eleventh of this team. Get on the bench." Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You do that in rocket league. You're just fielding a different team that isn't as good as the one you signed. <laughs> yeah. So why would you ever do that? And why would that ever be a credible thing that you would threaten to do? You know, unless you're going to pay some sub to be like, you know, turbo like sitting you, there. You, unless you're going to pick up like a great sub. <laughs> turbo and... is sitting on the bench just so you could get your team around. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, that's how he won the first Worlds. So. I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah I'm not, I'm not uh, saying. His first Worlds, that is. Um, yeah. But... But the unless you're gonna have like some superstar sub who is a credible replacement for all three of you guys, like you just can't leverage the same levers 
against the players that you can with other things and and like i don't want to um i don't believe in negative coaching that strongly that's not mm -hmm. to say i won't talk about negative things and won't talk about what's going yeah, wrong yeah we can't bring them like down because that. like that's just threatening people isn't going to work like yeah, you've yeah. got to be providing solutions listen, and when I'm people teaching... don't listen to the solutions there need to be consequences but what consequences do you have yeah i i, I feel that uh i'm teaching um a lot of uh, elementary school kids now mm -hmm. so uh i i understand the the idea of threatening kids just does not work <laughs> like yeah absolutely it doesn't like, get they, any they, better they, as they get older <laughs> yeah threat threatening kids just doesn't work um i've started out coaching when i was 15 um, yeah. back in 2005 and i was coaching free running which is not exactly the safest thing to be coaching mm -hmm. kids anywhere from 12 to 18 um to do when you're yourself are 15 yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um but i got to the level with that where like pe teachers in my school were willing to let me coach a class wow yeah. like you know there was like two classes that were at the same time and they put everybody together and said we're gonna do like three activities there's this thing inside there's basketball next door and there's football outside and you can do what you want and this other thing is like you know these guys have said they want to do like free running or whatever mm-hmm and so we had some people come in that, you know, we just got out a bunch of gymnastics equipment. We taught some people some like very basic moves and like one guy who was a little bit more advanced managed to land his first backflip. And, you know, there was a lot of cool stuff going yeah, on, right? Yeah. In that room. I was 15. That's <laughs> a ridiculously like, young age. I would not trust 15 year old me with a room full of people. <laughs> not, not a chance. Well, like, I, I, I taught snowboarding when I was 15 and I, I will mm -hmm. say uh, looking back at that now, I'm like, who let me be in charge of eight adults snowboarding? Like, who thought right? that exactly. was a great idea? Exactly, it just idea? makes no sense. But you know what? Nobody ever got injured. Yep. The only time uh, there were only two major injuries that ever happened when I was coaching for running over the course of five years. One was where a kid didn't listen to an instruction and learned the lesson of not listening to instructions. He was told to move. He didn't move, and that caused a problem. And his mother was the treasurer for the group. So she was like, did they tell you to move? And he was like, no. And I was like, yes. And she was like, did they tell you to move? And he was like, yes. And then she was like, well, it's your fault. You're going to be hobbling for a week then, isn't it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the other kid uh, didn't untuck from a front flip and, and uh, basically like kneed himself in the front teeth and had to go see a dentist um, on short notice, you know? Yeah. And, but in both cases, you know, like, one of them, just like, it's just one of those things. It happens. And the other one, deliberately doing something that they were told not to do. And that's like the only consequence that kids learn from is when somebody lands on them. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, threatening people doesn't work so well. But I find that trying to engage with everybody positively, you tend to be able to find some common ground and move towards something but they have to be receptive to it as well you know like people have to want to improve they have to trust the process if they don't trust the process it's not going to work for them yeah and then it's a waste of money on whoever's part is like either paying them or paying the coach you know yeah I mean I, I as well as whenever I've coached it's always I've always felt bad whenever I don't see improvement but there are certain kids that it's just like well you know they're 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 there against their will or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like, or there's other things that like, they just can't bear to fail. And that's so hard to teach through somehow sometimes, but um, yeah. I mean, some people as well are just really sure that they know what they're doing. <laughs> that's, that's you, you've spoken a lot of truth. And uh, I feel like if I could just go like some of these sound bites and just put them on a t-shirt or something, geez. 
<laughs> yeah, well, maybe I should do that. I'll just you listen should, back to the podcast. Like, that's a good one. <laughs> listen back to your podcast. Like, yeah, yeah, throwing that up. It'll turn out that they're all Terry Pratchett quotes. Every <laughs> single one. Even the ones about Rocket League. Terry Pratchett quote. <laughs> uh, all right. But yeah, I mean, in, in, in just to, to wrap back around to the coach thing, like, do I think that changing out a coach on a team is going to instantly make that team win more? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. But I think that if you take a coach who is less experienced than another coach and you swap out that and you bring that more that that level of experience back into a team that is engaged with the process of being coached i think you're always going to see an improvement Mm -hmm. and i think as well that um half the time the coaches don't even need to be that good if you trust them which you know is kind of depressing for me because i'm a very good coach and (laughs) But if people don't trust me to be a good coach, yeah, I might as well yeah. not be there because you have to be able to say things to people in a way that they will listen. No, hundred um, percent. I think you know we've we've almost done two hours. Um, sure, you are brilliant, like a brilliant mind for for all of oh, this. Oh, thank you. Uh, and I've I enjoyed the last episode, episode, Tom, and I've enjoyed talking to you um, even more. I shall say. Um, yeah, I mean, we must be nearly up to like six percent of everything out in the podcast world now. Apparently, like, I don't know apparently. who's going to pick up the next ninety-four percent, which I think is well, that comes up to. <laughs> um, but regardless, uh, I like to just say thank 49 you. Forty-nine hours. Forty-nine hours. Uh, I <laughs> no, like to say... forty-seven. My bad. I like to say uh, thank you for um, you know being on the show. Uh, it's been good. This is a little, I guess, Christmas holiday type uh, treat for our listeners because you were. Um, Many people like really love the the Tom Spock ass. They're like, hey, let's let's get him on as well. So um, oh, well, this is kind of appreciate that. Yeah. Um, so I guess the last little thing I got is uh, plug everything you have to plug. Uh, like I said, I'll include oh, your boy. Twitter bio in the bottom. But this is your chance. Plug everything you can, and then uh, we'll right. sign out. Silent Echo UK. It's a very smart name. My, then my name starts with a silent E. Silent Echo. There you go. Everybody always asks, how can an echo be silent? That's how. So that's the first most important plug because that's the most annoying question I get. Two, um, you can uh, catch me on Twitter or hopefully soon other avenues, um, coaching one-to-one and also um, in the market for teams. I have some stuff going on, but nothing's exclusive as of yet. So please feel free to reach out if that's something you're interested in. Um, Thirdly, uh, if Rocket League isn't your cup of tea, don't know why you're listening to this podcast, Dungeons and Dragons (laughs) is, or maybe you like both. Um, we run a show with like people like Rams and Lofty and a few, a few other um, uh, people um, on my uh, YouTube channel, Trials of the Wilds, where we do like, well, we pretend to be, you know, people killing dragons and stuff. It's fun. Trials of the Wild? Trials of the Wild. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. You can also catch it on my Twitch channel. Like, we stream it all live. We're on a little bit of a holiday hiatus, and we've got like two campaigns running now. And, you know, I've got this <laughs> app thing that we're going to be releasing uh, maybe in six months' time once I finish building it. It's, eh. man, you know how it is. You lose a job, you learn four programming languages instead of like six <laughs> potential business opportunities. It's just a disaster, man. It's only been two months. I'm tired. I needed a break. <laughs> My brain doesn't know how to turn off, apparently. Um, but, you know, we wouldn't have all this awesome stuff if it wasn't for your free free time to do all this stuff. Yeah, um, I do love podcasting. It's yeah, a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, you know, you're on Tom's podcast, you're on our podcast, so uh, Potty C next. I think I think it's... Uh, 
You know, our I community don't know if make Colin that happen. Can put up with listening to me for that long. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You keep you keep. He always seems slightly exasperated every time I speak to him. You know, he's just like, ah, oh, here comes Silent again, telling me that I'm doing wrong. <laughs> that might be because I'm always telling him what he's doing wrong. But you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, regardless, uh, I hope you uh, hope you enjoyed the show to all our listeners. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all the lot, depending. You know, wherever you are. Freue Weihnachten. Exactly. Um, uh, oof. I don't know how I like uh, German being on my podcast. Um, no, I'm, oh, kidding. I'm kidding. Ich war dann kein Deutsch sprechen. Um, the, the joke was because I'm Polish. Um, <laughs> um, anyway. <laughs> that actually makes a lot more sense. Uh, I don't know any Polish uh, that I can repeat on a podcast. Oh, yes. So... <laughs> yes. And, for that matter, you might as well just say any Eastern European language at all that you can repeat on a podcast because uh, they tend to be very similar in. Uh, expletives um, probably true with that uh have a good one thank you so much and goodbye